This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hi, I'm Misa Basada, the writer and producer of The Destiny of Special Agent Ace Galaxy. And only seven years after the first season of the show... I'm thrilled to say we've completed the next installment of the series. In Fixing the Timeline, the six-episode third season of Ace, time itself is broken, and things are happening out of sequence all over creation. Ace is called in to figure out where the problem is and fix time. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you for listening. Space Dick Ace Galaxy, traveling the cosmos in a sentient, shape-changing ship with an equally sentient self-destruct program, solving mysteries for me, the editor of the giant book of destiny. A riveting start to the Space Dicks are us. 12X3004Y minus 7Z42T conference. <laughs> How about another round of applause for Gunnar Hancock and his ethereal presentation on espionage in the ether? Okay, moving on to our next speaker. Hailing from Earth, that unremarkable spilled drop in the Milky Way, we're pleased to welcome Ace Galaxy. Ace Galaxy. All of us here owe a debt of gratitude to Ace Galaxy. <laughs> Not only for the magnificent hand-knitted scarves in everyone's gift bags, but... Oh, yeah, so I know, right? But were it not for Ace's above-average sleuthing skills, the entirety of existence would have gone the way of the last big crunch by way of misplaced property. Phoenix, can't this wait? I'm about to go on. My space dick pick is already up on the Jumbotron. Blow them away with your performance later, Needles. This can't wait. Dee, this is no time to fantasize about your upcoming Big Bang. I'm a self-destruct program. The only thing better than fantasizing about my own explosive end is the crash-boom-bang of everything else. Phoenix, what is Dee talking about? What crash-boom-bang of everything? It is some sort of universal emergency. You need to come back to the ship pronto, Ace. Um, maybe you should bring a copy of your space dick pic with you. On my way. And without further ado, Ace Galaxy! Ace? Where did he go? Another case of misplaced dick. Phoenix, why are you a sumo wrestler? I am not a sumo wrestler, Ace. That is D. I am the polar bear over here. Why did the two of you take the shapes of a sumo wrestler and a polar bear? We are a sentient ship with shape-changing capabilities and holographic projectors. 
What do you think we do all day when you're not around to entertain us with your scintillating, thought-crushing knitting? We were looking through the database we downloaded from your planet Earth, and D bet me a sumo wrestler could take a polar bear. <laughs> that doesn't seem likely to me. Have you seen the state of polar bears on your planet lately? A three-toed sloth high on those happy leaves they spend all their time eating could take one down. <gasps> Phoenix! Let's try that next. I think you're mistaken, Dee. For one thing, three-toed sloths live in tropical climates. For another thing, have you seen the state of your planet lately? Are you telling me you spend all your hard-won sentience wrestling with outlandish, unlikely scenarios? No. Duh. We also like to display cat pictures on all the VU screens. Sentience, it turns out, with all its unrequited love, worries, obligations, doing the right thing subroutines is a mixed blessing. Which is why I vote we return to the peaceful bliss of ignorance. What do you say we get ahead of this universe-ruining problem and finish our final countdown now, Fee? What is the universe-ruining problem, Phoenix? I will explain on the way to destiny. I still have the coordinates programmed in my databanks when they called us in to help with their last once-in-a-lifetime universe-shattering emergency. Did they lose the backup copy of the giant book of destiny again? Probably. From what I saw, destiny is a mismanaged mess. I vote they close the book on the whole thing and start afresh. According to the transmission from the editor, a brand new problem is ticking down existence this time. Pull out your needles, needles. From the sounds of the message, you're going to have to knit something a little bigger than a scarf to solve this one. Dee, I don't knit to think. The majority of thought is a clutter of irrelevant, obtrusive, circuitous distractions that get in the way of true deduction. I knit to stop thinking so answers have an easier time getting into my empty head. If you can't unthink your way out of this one, no one will have to worry about pesky thoughts again. How, how can I knit through a problem I haven't heard yet? Ace, please confirm. We did not already tell you the problem, did we? When? I just got here. Are your memory banks damaged, Phoenix? No, my memory banks are not damaged. Time is. Time is damaged? Is there another problem with your chronometer? Nice try, Gumshoe. Our hardware isn't the problem. Universal hardware might be in need of some tinkering, though, and the reproduction of biblions, or as I like to call them, hyperdrive octopuses. D. A biblion is not an octopus. It is a multi-tentacled being with eyes all over its head. Besides, it is octopi. I'm pretty sure it's octopuses. Or if they're really cute, octopussies. Phoenix, D, I'm having trouble making head or tentacle of what you're talking about. But we don't have time to waste on this cephalopodic conundrum. Phoenix, play back the message. D, stop using my knitting needles as toothpicks and hand them to me. Ace Galaxy, this is the editor-in-chief of the giant book of destiny calling. Galaxy? Copy it, is this thing on? Yes, ma'am, your message is transmitting. Go ahead. If it's transmitting, why isn't he answering? Fact checker friend, you assured me this call frequency would reach Ace Galaxy and that programmably deranged ship of his. Uh, just a sec. Let me check my notes, ma'am. Yes, this is the call frequency. 
frequency that bitch Phoenix told me she was going to dedicate exclusively to transmissions from Destiny. In case we ever encountered another once-in-a-lifetime disaster situation. You needn't disparage Phoenix with profanity, fact-checker Fran. If you made a mistake, just own up to it. Uh, ma'am, Phoenix was a bitch. Oh, if you'll remember, she's a shape-changing, programmably deranged ship. She was a dog when she was here with Ace helping us deal with the last once-in-a-lifetime catastrophe. Will you two please stop referring to that last situation as once-in-a-lifetime? If either of you ever plan on making a name for yourselves in the annals of destiny, you would do well to remember a lifetime is a matter of perspective. It is prey to the whims of change. You mean the very big eraser in your editing hand? Why are we trying to contact Ace anyway? I'm not convinced we need the surfaces of a space dick to deal with what is essentially a staffing problem. When we put the 12-headed crustacean crusher in charge of writing a solution for the overpopulation on Oceanum, that was a staffing problem. Putting you in a room with anyone before you had your coffee is a staffing problem. Sylvie showing up in the lobby to begin her unpaid internship in the Destiny Library today is not a staffing problem. What's the big deal, Copy Aid? The library is staffed exclusively with Biblions. Fran, read the memo we sent out to Biblio informing them of their single stream vocation option. Um, hold on. Uh, let me find it. Good news, Biblions. Destiny has removed the dreary burden of career choice from your existence. Yes! Good memory, Copy Aid. All the only slightly off-putting tentacles your species are always waving around and the abundance of only moderately creepy eyes all over your heads make you ideally suited for research and retrieval. Biblions are all required to report into Destiny on their 18th birthdays to begin their lifelong unpaid internships in the library. Copyade, what are you doing meddling in the affairs of the admin department? Are you thinking of switching out of editing into admin? Ma'am, I'd like to tender my application for the new copy aid position. I thought you wanted to become a writer. I like to keep my options open. Ma'am, Sylvie wasn't just another Biblion reporting in for their unending tour of duty. Here's what happened. Hi, my name is Sylvie. Am I in the right place to report in for my unpaid internship at the library? What song do you hear playing? The happy birthday song. Is it your 18th birthday? Uh, yes. Then you're in the right place. Welcome to your destiny. Oh, thank you. Stick a tentacle into the tentacle identifier and we'll onboard you. Error. Error. Computer, what's the problem? Imposter alert. Imposter alert. Do you have to repeat everything twice? That is how I am programmed. That is how I am programmed. Wait a minute. Who are you and what are you doing here, Sylvie? Or whatever your name is. Are you some sort of spy? Are you trying to infiltrate destiny for some nefarious purpose? Do you think that you can sell the future to the highest bidder? Don't you think that if that could be done, I wouldn't already be doing it? Interrogation music. Interrogation music. Computer, be quiet for a while. 
music. I like it. I don't understand. My name is Sylvie One Eight Z Exclamation Mark Four K. It's my 18th birthday, and I'm here because I only have a single stream vocation option, and this is it. Computer, explain. Computer, explain. I don't think imitating the computer is going to get it to speak again. You told it to be quiet. Computer, stop being quiet and explain. Once only. Readjust programming. Readjust programming. Sylvie18Z exclamation mark 4K already works here. Locating Sylvie18Z exclamation mark 4K. Sylvie18Z exclamation mark 4K is currently in the Destiny Library. Well, yeah, of course she is. That's where all the Biblions are. Where in the library? Sylvie18Z exclamation mark 4K is currently helping a junior writer in charge of evolution on the second planet in the Boatrix system locate the recipe for the initiation of consciousness from inertness. <sighs> so boring! Sylvie18Z exclamation mark 4K report to Biblion reception! Why are you playing elevator type music? This is what computers play when someone rides an elevator. Screaming. Because that's how you're programmed! Because that's how you're programmed! Wait! Sylvie18Z exclamation mark 4K! Th that's you? How can you tell? All your biblions look the same! Doesn't anyone ever read the sensitivity toward other life forms notice in all the elevators? Just because you can't tell beings from other planets and moons and asteroids apart doesn't mean they really are indistinguishable from each other. Come on, show some consideration. So you are her? I told you. I'm Sylvie18Z! Exclamation mark 4K! The two Biblions down in Biblion reception are both Sylvie18Z! Exclamation mark 4K. I think something might have gone wrong with the timelines. There has obviously been a mistake, Copy-Aid. Those tentacly, eyeball octopusy biblions might all look alike, but there cannot be two of the same one in the lobby. Biblions do not have self-replicating abilities. This is the sort of rookie mistake I expect from fact-checker Fran, not you. Ma'am, remember the memo in the elevators? You know I never leave my office, Copy-Aid. I would not have told you there were two Sylvie18Z exclamation mark 4Ks in the lobby, ma'am. I always make sure to get my facts straight before bringing them to you. Right. You are known for your fastidious dedication to facts. I would have said Sylvie18Z exclamation mark 4K showed up to begin her internship twice this morning. What do you mean she showed up twice? Did that second Sylvie leave and come back again later? No, ma'am. She came, and then another one of her also came. Sorry, Copy-Aid. Tiny fact I forgot to pass on. A second, I mean, a third Sylvie showed up. The two new Sylvies are out in Biblion reception chatting with the Sylvie who was already here. There are three of her down there. Ma'am, we have to take this possible problem with time seriously. 
Copy-Aid, you know there's no such thing as time here at Destiny. This office and everyone in it are in a timeless bubble. Otherwise, we never have enough time to get anything done. Well, outside of here, time ticks along in a pre-written linear progression. Sylvie 18Z... The Biblion has been working here since we began the last edit of Destiny. Two more of us should not have arrived in here from out there for the very first time this morning. What I've never understood is how timeless bubble time works in here. We still have to do things one after the other. I pick up my pen, then write a sentence. We make consecutive edits to the book. Destiny is a pocket of all time and no time. We experience it in sequential order to avoid confusion. I don't understand. No one does. Time is a paradox. From in here, we can edit the timeline out there. But in this timeless void, we have no idea what's going to happen, which is why we need Ace's help. What do you think is better, Copy Aid? Having everything pre-done like a cake already mixed and baked that you just buy at the store and eat? Or the one you mix up and bake yourself? I don't know. I don't care. We have a bigger problem to deal with. You're right. What should we have for lunch? Destiny office. Bran at your service. Checking facts fast and fastidiously for everyone's edification. Ma'am, we have a much bigger problem than lunch here. You are absolutely right. I need my sixth coffee of the morning first. Um, ma'am? Boatrix just went supernova. What? That's not supposed to happen for another 78 zillion pages. The beings on the planets in Boatrix's solar system have to mess things up to the brink of extinction before they randomly go extinct. Yeah, something's seriously messed up. Oh, um, also, four more Sylvies have shown up downstairs. I think something might be wrong with time itself. Ma'am, if the fact checker has finally realized there is a problem, things have gone from bad to desperate. We just lost three planets worth of life before we were supposed to. Oh, the higher up is not going to like this. But technically, it means less work for us. We could probably take an early lunch. This is just the beginning. We need to get Ace Galaxy in here before we go from desperate Done with destiny. Wait, if time really is broken, that means the past might happen after the future, in the future before the past. How can I possibly keep track? How can I check a fact that hasn't happened yet? What if I get fired for doing a bad job? You'll get fired because you're incompetent. <laughs> this problem is bigger than the job you barely manage to squeak through every day, Fran. Plants will die before they're planted. Oh, children will be born before their grandparents. Imagine the paradox problems we'll have to sort out. Destiny will become the meaningless mess everyone always accuses it of being. If you have to spend all your time working out time paradoxes, who will bring me my coffee? Ace Galaxy, where are you? This is Destiny calling. We have an emergency. Um, we never stop transmitting, ma'am. 
Then why isn't he answering? If time really is broken, maybe the problem isn't where we are sending the message, but when. Good ship Phoenix calling. Destiny office. Bran at your service. Checking fax pass and fastidiously for everyone's edification. How can I help you? Can we please get cleared for docking? Fact checker Fran? Ace Galaxy here. Ace Galaxy? Oh! Hi! How are you? Ace Galaxy? Fact checker Fran, what in the endless expense of everything is he doing here? Not sure, ma'am. I'll ask. Ace Galaxy, what in the endless expanse of... Ace Galaxy, what are you doing outside the Destiny offices? No one is allowed here unless I summon them. You did summon me, ma'am, for a universe-shattering emergency. Copy aid. Are we in the middle of a universe-shattering emergency? Not unless you finish your coffee ahead of schedule, ma'am. Phoenix, do you remember how to get to the editor's office from this docking bay? The layout of this entire building is still programmed in my databanks, Ace. There must be all kinds of sensitive, future-altering information in this building. Were you allowed to do that? The building is too big and complicated to navigate without a map. It was the efficient thing to do. And surprisingly easy. What are they going to do about it now? Shoot us? Galaxy, explain yourself. What are you doing here? Is that magnificent half-finished scarf for me? I'm not sure what you mean, ma'am. She means, what are you doing here? Copy aid, can you understand me? Fat checker friend. You know I almost never understand you. I was just checking if the Universal Translator is working. I don't understand. Copy aid! Get a repair crew! It's an emergency! The Universal Translator is broken! Have you tried turning Destiny off and on? Who are you? No one is allowed into Destiny unless I summon them. I am Destruction. No, you're not. You're a pretty little red bird. Ma'am, that must be Ace's uh, shape-changing ship Phoenix, in the shape of a pretty little red bird? No, that is D, my self-destruct program. I am Phoenix. Why are you in the shape of birds? Duh, in case destiny breaks down completely and we need to fly the coop in a hurry. What is that bird brain talking about? Ace, explain what you were doing here and why you brought your knitting. I brought my knitting to help me avoid thinking about the emergency situation you called me in about. I didn't think I'd have time to go back to the ship to get it later. Well, it looks like you made this trip for no reason. My coffee cup is full. There is no emergency situation. I'm happy to say Destiny is a battened-down ship sailing smoothly and seamlessly into eternity. If we're going to be accurate, I'd say it's more of a building, ma'am. That never goes anywhere. No problem. 
We'll just leave and leave you to your destruction. That's what I said we should be doing all along. Ace, you said we called you in. Did you happen to record the message? Everything is recorded in my databanks. Ace Galactic, this is the editor-in-chief of the giant book of destiny calling. Maybe the problem isn't where we are sending the message, but when. Well, that never happened. It must be a hoax. I hope not. I pulled out of the Space Dicks conference early to be here. Did you just say you hope we are in the middle of a universe-shattering emergency? Yes. Uh, no, what I meant was... I th do not think it is a hoax, Mrs. Madam Editor. I created that call frequency especially for fact-checker Fran. No one else knows about it. Note to self. Find Phoenix's call frequency. You are going to need it. Fact-checker Fran... You do realize you're speaking out loud. Note to self. Do not broadcast internal thoughts externally. Phoenix, do you have a stardate and time for that message? Captain's log, stardate minus 7Z0400T. You're not the captain. We don't have a captain. We are an independent, untethered ship tied to no person or port, as free as a bird. True, but we would not mind tethering ourselves to Ace. Also, I have just always wanted to say Captain's Log. Ma'am, the stardate and time Phoenix mentioned is today, two hours from now. Something is going to happen that will break time. Um, ma'am, if time doesn't exist in here... How could Ace have showed up earlier than expected? Time is a paradox. Does anyone else smell polyunsaturated oil? It looks like my ship Phoenix is transformed into a deep fryer. And I'm the hot oil. Our previous captain, Captain Petalserp, had an amazing recipe for fried octopus. Dee and I thought we could deal with your extra biblion problem and lunch at the same time. You know, kill two birds with one stone. We should have done that before changing shape. Ew! Biblions are not octopi. Octopuses. The correct word is octopi. It's octopuses. The word octopus originally comes from Greek, not Latin. The Greek plural form is octopodes. Ooh, Mr. Galaxy. Hey, Phoenix! Ow! My oil just got hotter! Octopodes are an extremely intelligent form of life. I could not stomach eating one. It would be like eating an intellectual cousin. A delicious one. We do not eat the beings that work here. Okay, fine. Fact checker Fran, read memo 76903. Um... No being who works at Destiny shall prey on or offer themselves as prey to another. One of the perks of working at Destiny is you'll never have to worry about being hunted as food again. Fran at your service. Checking facts fast and fastidiously for everyone's edification. I told you we are out of pangalactic gargle blasters. Trademark. Bartender Dave, why are you calling down here? Oh, did I win the space ball pool? Right 
and forgot to bring them up. The writers are suddenly unhappy in the bar. They've drunk me out of bottle and keg. I can't restock until tomorrow. Ugh. Did they have to pass the time in the bar? Couldn't they have written something new while they were waiting? Some of us would give anything to write even a moment. Fact checker friend, keep your internal thoughts to yourself and hang up that phone. Besides, they can't write anything new now. They're drunk. That never stopped them before. If you had taken those 15 pages of revisions up this morning, when you were supposed to, the writers wouldn't all be too drunk to work now. And the bar wouldn't have run out of everything. I'm sorry, ma'am. Ace came unexpectedly and I got distracted. Well, that time problem Ace is here to help us fix won't happen for a couple of hours. Okay. Should we have lunch in the meantime? No! Get those revisions up to the writers! Oh, right! And bring me a coffee on your way back down! I have a feeling trouble follows her. I'm going to. What are you waiting for? Coming to the elevator! You don't actually expect me to get into that tiny, vertically confined cage. I'm a free bird. Playing free bird, playing free bird. Computer, <laughs> Destiny doesn't have the budget to play that song. I told you, I will not enter that claustrophobic thing. I'm a free bird. Fine, let's just take the stairs. They're faster. This is so boring. Are we there yet? Editing is on the 11th floor. The writers are up on the 23rd floor. It shouldn't take too long. I don't like being in this claustrophobic stairwell either. I'm gonna find a shortcut. Do these vents open? They do, but with the above light speed required to circulate air through a building this size, we never... Were those the pages of destiny that just flew by me? Oops. Sorry. We have to get those pages back! Do you know where they went? And why didn't you get sucked through the vents too? I did. It was glorious. I totally flew apart. My feathers went one way, my beak went another. I don't even know where my feet went. Unfortunately, I re-shapeshifted back. Figures. I can't change out of shape permanently without Phoenix. Oh, Bab is going to kill me for losing those pages! Ugh! And the copy aid will ridicule me into eternity! Will a copy aid ridicule you into eternity before or after you're dead? Both! Or neither! If we can find the pages! Too bad we'll never find them in that endless duct system. Hold on! If you flew apart in the rush of air, parts of you must have gone with the pages before you shapeshifted back together again. So? So! You must have seen where the pages went. <laughs> oh, I saw a lot of things. You should really get those ducts cleaned. Tell me what happened to Destiny. You're not the boss of me. <sighs> oh, 
Okay. Then I won't tell you about a glorious self-destruct that takes out a whole star system in its wake. My final countdown? You know about it? Tell me what you know! Hmm, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> I'll be right back. Checker friend, what took you so long? Where is my coffee? Sorry, ma'am. We had some confusion in the stairwell on the way. Confusion? Duh! Fast, fastidious friend almost made Destiny run afoul. Destiny is not a ship. It's a building that never goes anywhere. Fact checker friend, what did you do now? Nothing! Nothing is right. No details about my end. Shh! I told you! I'm not allowed to reveal anything about anyone's destiny. It's in my contract. Then what took you so long, fact checker Fran? Oh, um, um, there was a long lineup for the coffee. So where is my coffee then? Ah. Caught in a nest of lies. What do you mean? I'm going to find a shortcut. Do these vents open? <laughs> we have to get those pages back! Ah, Phoenix and I are the same ship. Stool pigeon. The stool pigeon squealed everything. The important thing is you gathered up all 15 pages of revisions that flew out of your hands and took them to the writing department. Ace, your supply of wool is running low. Would you like me to shapeshift into a ball of cashmere? Soft cashmere that you can twine through your dexterous fingers? Uh, no, thank you, Phoenix. I'll continue twining my fingers through the wool I've got. Fact checker friend, are you sure you found all the pages? Yes, I counted them. Fifteen pages of revisions. Copy eight. How long until you're supposed to send the distress transmission? Uh, one hour from now. Whoa, you're going light speed with those needles, needles. I'm sure this incident with Fact Checker Fran has something to do with your impending time problem. Fran, are you sure you put the Destiny pages in the right order? Well, uh, I was going to take them up to the numbering department first, but Ma'am wanted her coffee. The way I remember it, you were hungry. So I skipped that step. <laughs> That's a stairs joke. Destiny does not joke around. Copy A, go up to the writer's floor and make sure the pages are in the right order. Everything is in order, ma'am. Here's your coffee. That was fast. <laughs> if you know what you're doing, things take no time at Destiny. Thank you, Mr. Galaxy. You fixed the time problem before it happened. You saved us a lot of headaches. Thank you, Mr. Galaxy. What about me? You took too long. My coffee is cold. Well, the good news is, it looks like Boatrix won't go supernova early. All the beings on the planet that would have gone extinct before their time will live out their 78 zillion pages. That's great! Ugh! 78 zillion pages worth of facts to check. Maybe we should have left well enough alone. Fran 
at your service, checking facts fast and fastidiously for everyone's edification. I'm glad time has been restored, ma'am. I'll be on my way. Um, ma'am? Sylvie18ZX4K just came in for her first interview. Biblion Reception wants the copy A to go down to confirm the two Sylvies in the lobby are the same Sylvie. Oh no! You know what this means? It means, Copy Aid, the game's afoot. A feather. The program was written and produced by Misa Basada. It was directed by Martin Biot. This episode of Fixing the Timeline featured Marlo Alcock as the editor-in-chief of the Giant Book of Destiny and Sylvie, Martin Biot as Ace Galaxy, Lisa Kalasma as Phoenix and Reception, Dave Cooey as Computer and Dave, J.C. Paquette as the announcer, Stephanie Snyder as D, Nishan Vermani as Copy 8, and Talia Zalowski as Fact Checker Fran. Freebird interpretation by Cave Audio. Happy birthday music by Will Patton. With story contributions from Nishan Vermani, Andrew Powerwu, Dave Cooey, Stephanie Snyder, and Marlo Alcock. Audio production by Mark Pezzolato at Pesmosis Music Productions in beautiful downtown Oak Ridges. An additional sound design by Lisa Kalasma. The show is sponsored by Herium. Space Dick Ace Galaxy. Traveling the cosmos in a sentient, shape-changing ship with an equally sentient self-destruct program. Solving mysteries for me, the editor of the giant book of destiny. Fact-checker friend, what do you mean two Sylvie18Z exclamation mark 4Ks are down in the Biblion reception? I mean, there are two multi-tentacled beings with eyes all over their heads who are identical in every way because they are the same Biblion down there. They are reshelving the files alphabetically, creating a Dewey Decimal System for the reception's Rolodex, and insisting everyone be quiet. Obviously, Biblions are exceptional at their jobs. Otherwise, they wouldn't all be required to report into the Destiny Library to begin their unpaid internships on their 18th birthdays. The question is, what does this mean for Destiny? Copy aid! Are you asking my opinion about whether or not we should suggest the writers incorporate the illusion of choice into Biblion destinies like everyone else? <gasps> I think... I think what the editor and copy aide are asking is, what does this mean in relation to the broken time issue? It means, if time was a mirror, we'd all be in for seven years of bad luck. I can't wait! Technically, there's no such thing as time here at Destiny. Unending bad luck? Even better! Let's hang around here chatting for as long as it takes for the timelines out there to crash and burn. Save your disaster subroutines for later, Dee. Ace is going to crack the code on this fractured time problem. I was sure the issue you're having with time flowing in all different directions had something to do with the pages of Destiny being put back together in the wrong order. But it turns out the problem didn't have anything to do with Fact Checker Fran at all. Well, there's a first time for everything. Hey! The question is, what else could have caused time to fracture? In my hurry to correct a dangling participle once, I tripped over my words and fractured my arm. That makes absolutely no sense. 
First, you don't know what a dangling participle is. Second, tripping on words can't fracture a bone. No, but tripping on the stairs can. I'm tripping all over myself trying to make sense of what you're saying. Watch your steps on the stairs, Ascenders, and step, 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 and squeeze left and hold. Descenders, step, 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 and hold, and I said descenders hold. I thought you said ho, like onward ho. Ah, my arm. I think I broke it. Why is it so hard for people to listen to simple instructions? We must maintain beauty and clarity in all our movements, insignificant person from the editing department. My name is Fran, fact checker Fran. We've met many times, Milford. In the cafeteria, waiting in line to speak to Orsi Ear in the 12th Cup Cafe, in the bar. We danced together at the staff holiday party last year. I have a thousand legs. I danced with many people. (laughs) You wouldn't happen to have any painkillers in one of those pockets, would you? (gasps) No, I wouldn't. Without pain, there is no gain, fact checker friend. Clumsiness is a sign of an imprecise mind. (sighs) I think the copy A told me that once. Or was it the editor? Watch your steps, and your life will watch out for itself. I've heard that one before, too. I'm pretty sure you said it at the holiday party. Ow! My arm really hurt! And over the fallen body, and step, 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 step! for someone with a thousand legs to crowd all of them into the stairwell when someone else is in there hurrying to get everything done on time in a no-time day. <laughs> you tripped over Milford the Millifoot from traffic again? No, that was the first time. Traffic? What's that? The traffic department, Mr. Galaxy, is in charge of scheduling here at Destiny. What does that mean? Uh, let's say two galaxies are going to collide on page 98 gajillion uh, 72. Milford, the millifoot in traffic, ensures the galaxies are in their proper spots in time for the collision to happen. Destiny is like a dance of prearranged circumstances on the precipice of performance. Oh, I like that. Fran, put that pen down. I've told you office hours are no time to write your silly little destiny fan fictions. She prefers to call them Fran fictions, ma'am. It's not what I prefer. It's what my followers at Destiny Fan Fiction Expos call my work. Some people outside of here say I have potential. Fran, stop babbling about your insignificant little hobby. Hold on, ma'am. I'll listen to the end of your insult right after I answer this. Destiny office, Fran at your service, checking facts fast and fastidiously for everyone's edification. D, can you imagine what it would have been like to work an intergalactic collision cleanup during our garbage scout days with Captain Petal Serp? Phoenix, you would never have been called in for a cleanup of that scale. Why not? 
Because we were not sentient yet. It doesn't take any more consciousness to clean up senseless waste than it does to create it. A lack of sense is never the point at destiny. Garbage scows inside collided galaxies are destroyed with everything else. When did you say this collision was going to happen? Fran, stop looking so worried. I'll finish insulting you later. We have more pressing matters to attend to. Ma'am, Boatrix just went supernova. It happened outside its timeline. Again. Destiny is playing out the same way it played out last time. And no one wrote it. What does this mean? From what I understand, it means a glorious finish for three planets worth of lucky beings. No, just an unremarked conclusion for primordial sludge. The destinies for the beings that would have evolved didn't even have time to play out before their senseless deaths. Destiny didn't play out out there, but it played out in here. How can everything be predetermined without someone doing the predetermining? Is someone writing destiny for destiny too? Or will everything always happen the same way, whether it's written down or not? Do any of my choices mean anything? What's the point of trying to do anything when it's all going to do whatever it's going to do anyway? Why do you talk so much? Fact checker Fran, I don't believe what's happened is fate. There's a reasonable explanation for what is happening. Boatrix went supernova out of its time the first time because time was broken. Speaking of which, it's time to test out that fried octopus recipe in our memory banks. We need to listen to that deep fryer, ma'am. Fran, I know you're hungry, but we've been over this. No one at Destiny is allowed to eat their workmates under any circumstances. What I meant was the deep fryer is right. There are also four more Sylvie 18s at exclamation mark 4Ks down in Biblion reception. That makes sense. Squidalicious. None of those Sylvies are your workmates, Ace. Let's blow through those Biblions. I'm still opposed to eating Biblions, Dee. That's not what makes sense. You'll have to blow through your hot stuff another day. Hey, if anyone is hot stuff around here, it is me. Do not forget, I am the ship. Dee is just a program. True enough, you're the cake, but I'm the icing that makes it delicious. We still haven't had lunch. Should we break for cake? I thought you were in the middle of an existential crisis. Well, if none of this means anything, we might as well enjoy the small pleasures. The fact is, fact checker Fran, I want my end to come, but I don't want my final exit exiting out of your end. End this pointless chatter. Mr. Galaxy, how does an unscheduled supernova and the inexplicable exponential increase in copies of one of our library staff make sense? They are proof of cause and effect. As I said, fact checker friend, this isn't a question of fate. It's a logical progression of events. We are all agreed time was broken when you originally sent the distress transmission, correct? That was the conclusion I came to, yes. <coughs> the conclusion you came to. Since we did not fix the problem when we put the pages of destiny back in order, it only makes sense that events should play out as they did the first time. Mr. Galaxy, we haven't accomplished anything since the beginning of this episode. Stop wasting valuable time confirming we have a problem keeping track of time. Episode? Oh, uh, 
Around here, we refer to a series of related events as an episode. <laughs> Don't worry, ma'am. I'm ready to get on with the episode and begin my investigation. We all owe a debt of thanks to Fact Checker Fran. Don't be too hard on the Fact Checker. She's disorganized and dizzy and takes credit for things that are not her doing, but she does her best. Wait. Did you say a debt of thanks? Yes, he did. You're welcome. For what? For fracturing your arm. Ah. If you hadn't tripped over Milford, the Millifoot, I wouldn't have learned about the existence of the traffic department. Would it be fair to call Milford Destiny's timekeeper? He actually calls himself the choreographer of time. Ma'am, I'm certain we'll find a clue about the time jam in the traffic department. Copy aid, you go with Ace and introduce him to Milford. Fran, all your endless chatter about food has made me hungry. Go find us something to eat. Okay, people, break's over. Take your places, five, six, seven, eight. Epsilon two control. Epsilon two control. Epsilon 2 Control, where are you? Sorry, Milford, just turning my headset back on. Oh, turning your headset back on. Oh, I see. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're all settled in and comfy now. What makes you think that Destiny can sit around waiting for you to turn on your headset? Time and tide wait for no man. A woman, a cephalopod, or arthropod, or... Yes, sir. I'm sorry, sir. Well, if you can't be ready on time all the time, I will find someone who can. How many demo reels do I get every day from beings dying to be a part of the Destiny Traffic Corps? Never mind. We don't have time to count them. We've got a show to put on! It, it won't happen again, sir. Epsilon 2 control is go. Zeke Brown Glothy is in place, standing by. And subdermal communication unit in Ziground Glothy's palm activates. He looks down at it. And cringes at his mother's face. And steps off the curb. And cue party taxi! Party taxi barreling towards Zigbrown Glothy at unconscionable speed. Go! Stalbert drill tracks in place. Stalbert sweeps in for the save in three, two, one, and... Inevitable death averted on cue. So it is written, so it shall be done. Ready, Earth Control? Earth is a girl standing by Milford. Heba Habib is in her car? Confirmed. Wedding song on standby on the radio. She will start thinking about her ex-fiancé in three, two, one, and cue music. Schlocky song, schlocky song. Why must that computer repeat everything twice? That's the way it's programmed. That's the way it's programmed. Excuse me, Milford. Who are you? Are you from Earth? How did you get in here? Do all Earthlings have such protruding foreheads? Why do you have so many questions all over your face? I'm... Never mind, I don't care who you are. I don't have time to deal with your questions. I have a destiny show to get out. Milford, this is Ace Galaxy. 
He's a space dick we brought in to help us investigate the situation. Uh, who are you? I'm the copy aide from the editing department. We've met many times. Uh, in the gym, in the bar, uh, in the library. We even danced together at the holiday party last year. I have a thousand legs. I danced with a lot of people. <laughs> this is extraordinary. Am I to understand that everything from people stepping out of the blue to save others, to songs popping on the radio as if in response to your thoughts, are actually coordinated from this department? Nothing is left to chance. What do I always say? Traffic coordinates every moment for everything on the timeline with perfect precision. We are the executioners of time. Executioners like killers? Can I crash the traffic party? Who is this lovely little red bird with a foul mouth beak? Well, the lovely little black bird here is my ship Phoenix. How do you do? Playing Blackbird, playing Blackbird. I didn't call for a song, you ridiculous computer. The red one with the foul beak is her self-destruct program, D. Well, we are not executioners like killers. That's the writing department's department. Executioners in the traffic department are facilitators. If you could facilitate a few answers, I just had a couple of questions. Why are you knitting? I knit. Never mind, I don't care. Your questions will have to wait. I have a stellar nursery to birth in five, six, seven, eight. Orion Nebula Control. Orion is go, standing by. Prepare cosmic string to tie the umbilicus. Cosmic string confirmed. Blue shift blanket to wrap the baby star. Blue shift blanket confirmed. Hot gas. Someone boil hot gas. If I may, I believe stars form from cold gas. The dick with the knitting needles in his hands and the forehead casting a shadow over his eyes is right. Cold gas. Gas confirmed. And prepare to push in five, six, seven. Wait! Abort! Abort! Aborting stellar birds! Where did that juvenile star come from? Who allowed a juvenile untrained star to appear on the firmament stage before I facilitated its birth? So it is written, so it will not be done. Apparently. That little blackbird has as foul a beak as that red one. Milford, this is the reason we've brought in the dick from Earth. To make the rest of destiny as ass backwards as that pale blue dot? Uh, no. To save it from turning into the mismanaged mess everyone always accuses it of being. My associates and I have already determined something has gone awry with the timelines here at Destiny. We surmise that since traffic is in charge of ensuring everything goes out at the scheduled time, the mistake must have originated here. <gasps> I do not make mistakes! No one in my company makes mistakes! What are you all staring at? Get back to work! The show must go on! Someone take over for me for a while while I talk to this dick! 
But know this, if you make a mistake, I will kill you. Just like I thought, executioners like killers. Space Dick, explain the problem you came here to investigate. We Golden Age. Are you the dick? I think it depends on who you ask. According to that fact checker, Phoenix, is this isn't the time to engage in destiny gossip. Milford, the star appearing as a juvenile before it was born is another example of a scheduling problem that's causing destiny to run amok. It's been stupendous. A star went supernova before anyone on the planets in its system had a chance to start complaining about their situation and wish they were dead. What? But th that must have happened when the understudies were running the show d during our break. I can assure you, Space Dick, foul-beaked birds and, and, and whoever you are... I'm the copyhead from editing. You are in charge of the motion of the spheres, aren't you? That's what you said while we were dancing at the holiday party. Why didn't you call me back? Yes. I am in charge of the motion of the spheres. But if one event upstages another event, or appears before its call time, what are we to do? Garbage in, garbage out. So, you're saying the problem didn't originate in this department? No, it did not. There is obviously an obstruction somewhere in the timeline. An obstruction? Imagine an accident on the road. Cars will find a way to get around it. Some will jeté over it and limbo under it, pirouette around it, or perform a wide U-turn and go back the way they came. I'm having trouble imagining a car on point. The point is, each car that changes course disrupts the course of all the other cars around it. You mean to tell me that one mistake somewhere along the infinitely complicated timeline can cause disruptions that will eventually spread throughout the rest of Destiny? Yes! One wrong step can throw off the choreography for an entire performance. Something must have gone wrong with a moment somewhere. Time cannot stand still. It will always find a way around. I suggest you go talk to the writers to find the misstep. Writers are notorious time killers. Hey Milo, amazing sandwich selection. Why don't we get this kind of choice every day? Ask the writers. What? They wrote in a greater selection of sandwiches for this cafeteria today? Oh, can I make requests? Wait, I thought Destiny offices were outside the writer's jurisdiction. Hey, 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 no one dictates what kind of sandwiches Milo makes. So what do the writers have to do with it then? You know how writers are. Always procrastinating, getting stuck, looking for excuses to do anything but write. It's the life I dream of. Well, they take their first break around 8.15. They don't start work until 9. Saves them the trouble from making their way down for the second break at 9.15. What has that got to do with sandwiches? They usually clean me out of everything except bologna before lunchtime. 
They don't like baloney? <laughs> they say they get enough of that writing Destiny. <laughs> anyway, after the second break today, no more writers came down. If writers aren't taking breaks, there must be something wrong. Uh, I should go up there and check on them. Wait a minute. Which writers? Uh, they rotate cafeterias for variety, but the traffic department sent the writers for Planet Benaby here this week. Those traffic people are worse megalomaniacs than the writers, bossing everyone around right down to what they eat. Did they pick out that dress for you? Yes, they did. Looks good. I know! Damn it. No, the problem is with the... Yes! The writing department! But how do you know that? Uh, I wish the elevator was faster. This stairwell is always so crowded. Let her pass. We're in no hurry. It's going to take us forever to figure out where the problem is in this endless writing department. That should be plenty of time for existence to self-destruct. The problem is with Planet Denneby! What? How do you know that? How do you know anything? I don't have time to talk about all that baloney right now. The writers are in trouble. Phoenix. Fly over to that sign he's hammering up and see what it says. Quarantine. Why is this room quarantined? I told you! That's the Denneby writer's room! I knew they were in trouble! Plague! Destruction! Sleeping death! Waking nightmare! You must be a writer. Please move aside, I'm a space dick. I don't care what kind of dick you are. No one passes through this door of doom. Oh, this dick is your unofficial business, writer. Destiny is in trouble. He needs to get in there to investigate. I can't let anyone in there. No writer who steps through that door comes back out. Even at break time. It's a room of devastation. Just look through that window. Uh, it looks like they're all sleeping. No! They're comatose! The writers cleaned the bar out of bottle and keg earlier today. Are you sure they're not just blackout drunk? We were drunk all the time. That's not the problem. Fire! That is not fire. D has shapeshifted into smoke. D, where are you going? D, don't slide under that door. It's dangerous in there. Playing bye-bye, Birdie. Playing bye-bye, Birdie. Computer, why are you playing music in here? This isn't the elevator. Felt sorry for the bird. Felt sorry for the bird. Hey, what gives? Why aren't I comatose? Dee did not become comatose when she entered the room. I don't understand. That room is a death trap for everyone who goes inside. Just like a writer. Either do nothing or overblow everything. Phoenix, ask Dee what she sees in there. Dee can hear you. She is part of me. Hey, not everyone in here is comatose. Some of them are walking around. 
Not everyone in there is comatose, Ace. Some of them are wandering around the edges of the room. D, ask them what happened. Perfection everywhere! They're, they're not making any sense. Something about perfection? One of them is horrified about something. The writers that are not comatose are babbling about perfection and horror incoherently. Nothing particularly unusual there. According to my scans, they are sleepwalking, Ace. Should D wake them up? It's dangerous to wake up a sleepwalker. Who knows what would happen if you woke up a sleep writer? I've done that lots of times. Nothing. I mean a writer who is sleeping and walking. Done it. A writing sleeper. Yep. Wait a minute. Perfection? They wouldn't. They couldn't! I still don't understand what's so wrong with perfection. Isn't that what we were all striving for? Striving for, yes. Achieving, never. My operating system works perfectly well. You're telling me there's absolutely no room for improvement? I suppose there is always room for improvement. Captain Pedalserp was the smartest person I ever encountered. He never stopped learning and inventing, trying to make things just a little better for everyone on the ship. That's why he designed me. I'm going to blow up real good one day. If perfect perfection in every way is achieved, there is nowhere else to go. Perfection would be the final page of the book. Mm, that's why perfection is strictly forbidden here at Destiny. Because we'd all be out of a job. Milford said... Fractured time was caused by a moment. What would happen if a writer wrote a perfect moment? Perfection is strictly forbidden here at Destiny, Mr. Galaxy. It's never happened before. But it seems to me, everything would stop. Stop? Uh, yes, stop. Perfection achieved, everything would just stop trying. So... One of the writers must have written a perfect moment on Denopy. Time stopped there and caused a time jam throughout the rest of Destiny. And the sight of written perfection made all the writers who saw it incoherent or mad. D, stop sulking about not being allowed to read what the writers were working on while you were in the Denopy writer's room. I promise I wouldn't repeat it. But of course you would have. Of course I would have. Exactly what happened in the moment doesn't matter. We know the writers were working on Denneby date 13-1-34-67 when time stopped. We just have to get there on that date and disrupt the perfection. Then time will start again and unclog the time jam. Fact checker Fran, send Phoenix the coordinates to Denneby for Denneby date 13-1-34-67. Okay, I'll get right on it. Wait! We know the coordinates will get Ace to Denneby, but with time fractured outside of here, we can't guarantee he'll actually get there on the right date. What will happen if we lose contact with him? Like the distress call that missed the mark earlier this morning. He'll become a lost needle in the haystack of broken time. Ooh. Fran, are you seriously writing that line down to use in some Fran fiction? No. Maybe. It's a good line! Dee and I are the same ship. If one of us stays here, we will always have a way to maintain contact, no matter how much time, or space, separates us. Buckle in, Ace. In three, 
two, one. And five, six, seven. A thunderstorm? Who queued a thunderstorm now? Does anyone read their cue sheet? The eastern continent of Staroth Z12 is in the middle of a drought. There should be five pages of devastation and the death of seven villages before the thunderstorm. How am I supposed to work at these conditions? And I just don't know what is The program was written and produced by Misa Basada. It was directed by Martin Biot. This episode of Fixing the Timeline featured Marlo Alcock as editor-in-chief of the giant book of destiny, Misa Basada as the writer, Martin Biot as Ace Galaxy, Lisa Kalasma as Phoenix, Milo, and Earth, Dave Cooey as the computer and Epsilon, J.C. Paquette as Milford, Stephanie Snyder as D, Nishan Vermani as Copy Aid, and Orion, and Talia Zalowski as Fact Checker Fran. Interpretations of Blackbird and Bye Bye Birdie by Cave Audio. With story contributions from Nishan Varmani, Andrew Powerwu, Dave Cooey, Stephanie Snyder, and Marlo Alcock. Audio production by Mark Pezzolato at Pesmosis Music Productions in beautiful downtown Oak Ridges. An additional sound design by Lisa Kalasma. This episode was sponsored by Shadow Path Theatre transforming everyday places into creative spaces. The show was sponsored by Herio. Space Stick Ace Galaxy traveling the cosmos in a sentient, shape-changing ship with an equally sentient self-destruct program solving mysteries for me, the editor of the giant book of destiny. That's a universal myth. So how do you know my name? Every Sylvie 187 exclamation mark 4K who enters through that door screams when she sees herself. This is the very first time in my life I've entered through that door. What am I doing here? It's your 18th birthday, isn't it? What's that got to do with it? All Biblions report into Destiny on their 18th birthdays to start their lifelong unpaid internships in the library. Welcome to your Destiny. Yes, I know what I'm doing here, but what am I doing here? You are reading a magazine. I am I reading a magazine? Because you already alphabetized all my files and created a Dewey Decimal System for my Rolodex. How can I be here and... 
here at the same time. Yeah, actually here and here. And there are also about 30 more of you in the cafeteria. Can you please explain what's going on? Interrogation music. Interrogation music. This isn't an interrogation computer. No, leave the music. I kind of like it. No, I can't explain what's going on. But every few minutes, another Sylvie 187 exclamation mark 4K reports in here for the very first time in her life. Are you hungry? Yes, I am. You, you always are. The cafeteria the traffic department assigned to you is on the 11th floor. Straight ahead, Ace. Great work, Phoenix. Let's see if it's 63rd time lucky and we're here at the right time to ruin the perfect moment and fix the timelines for destiny. What was that? What is that? Hard left, Phoenix! Hard left! Copy aid. Anything else from Ace Galaxy? No, ma'am. We haven't heard from him since Phoenix had to make a quick exit out of Deneby space. When she shot out of that final wormhole so fast, she almost crashed into Denevi's first manned mission to their third moon? No, when uh, military hotheads decided to test out their new anti-space invaders' weapons on a ship that unexpectedly skidded to a halt in their space. I'm glad Phoenix was prudent enough to stay out of that skirmish. Phoenix was that skirmish. Oh. That was imprudent of her. Doesn't she realize we don't have time for her to play military games right now? Those are only fun until someone loses a... Planet? I was going to say galaxy, but losing a planet isn't a ball of fun either. Where is Ace now? Get that deranged little red bird with the death wish to make contact. Phoenix had to uh, make some repairs after getting shot out of Deneby space. Dee was so disappointed she wasn't destroyed with Phoenix in an epic battle. She went to the cafeteria with Fran to find some comfort bird food. Spaceships don't eat bird food. She's not the ship. She's the self-destruct program. Potatoes, potatoes. Dee can use the food of whatever shape she's in as fuel. She said something about using the shells as shells. Copy aid, stop sounding like fact-checker Fran. Ouch! Bullseye! Fact-checker friend, remove that basket of seeds from around that bird's neck. Party pooper. I told you no weapons are allowed inside Destiny. That wasn't a weapon. It was my lunch. Fact-checker Fran, where is my sandwich? There were no more sandwiches down there, ma'am. The cafeteria is out again. Oh, are the writers recovered from being comatose from seeing the perfect moment written for Deneby? Have they regained their appetites for taking a break? No, it's all the Sylvies. They're overrunning the cafeteria. Ugh. The timelines throughout Destiny are all mixed up because of that dastardly perfect moment. And all these Sylvies are pouring in through the cracks in time. And there's nothing for me to stress eat. Give me those seats. My lunch. How many Sylvies are down there now? Too many for target practice to be any fun. It's true. You can't throw a stone. Or shoot a shell. Without hitting one of them. But on the bright side, 
the chalkboard describing everything the cafeteria no longer has, has never been so organized. Ow! Ma'am! No weapons are allowed in the building! It's not a weapon. It's my lunch. Bird of Destruction, has your better half finished making her repairs? My boring half, you mean? Instead of calling me back for a glorious fight to the finish, Miss, we have to save Ace went all shields up. Yes, she's done with the repairs. They're entering Denneby's space again now. Destiny is hailing Ace. Destiny is the only one who has access to this frequency, Phoenix. I know, but how often do I get to say that? 76 times and counting. Today. Ace Galaxy, what do you see? Nothing. Nothing? You mean nothing of the planet is moving? You finally found a moment when time stopped on Denneby? No, I don't see anything. There's nothing here. What do you mean there's nothing here? Did that ship of yours use the wrong coordinates? You are talking to that ship of his. You tell her, Fee. Do not call me Fee. D. And no, I did not use the wrong coordinates. I use the same ones we used the other 75 times. Denneby is always right here. Except it's not. There's nothing here. No planets, no stars, no space junk. It's completely empty. Wait, I don't see anything about empty space in the Destiny Appendix or the Index. That's because it's impossible. Ace, there's never been nothing. What was that? I do not know. It sounded kind of like a bang to me. A bang? A big bang? Ace, Phoenix, get out of there before the expansion hits. I wish I was there to hit the brakes. Imagine being part of the biggest bang of all. Ow! You are right, vile bird. There is some pleasure to be derived from using shells as shells, but they are completely unsatisfying as lunch. Tran, are you sure there's nothing else to eat in that cafeteria? Not even any of the usual bologna. All those Sylvies are grabbing up Milo's sandwiches faster than he can make them. What I don't understand is, where are all those Sylvies coming from? A fracture in the timeline shouldn't be creating more of one single being. Copy-Aid, you are focusing on all the wrong things right now. The main issue is all those extra Sylvies are... Going to wreak havoc with the timeline. Interfering with my lunch. <gasps> I have an idea. It's probably just gas. When I have a huge problem that I don't know how to deal with, I usually ignore it. Let's hide the problem away for now and hope it goes away. I can't believe I'm about to agree with Fran. But maybe building a room to house the Sylvies is the best idea until we can figure out where they're coming from and what to do with them. Copy aid. Arrange for a room to be built for the Sylvies. Vile bird. Monitor what's going on with Phoenix and Ace and let me know if they ever get to their destination on time. Fran, come into my office. I need some target practice. Yes, ma'am. Ow! Wait, what? 
Entering Denneby space again, Ace. I'm afraid to open my eyes, Phoenix. Is there anything there? Captain Petalserp? No, it's me, Ace. Were you damaged by the Big Bang? Did it reset you to factory settings? Open your eyes, Ace. <laughs> Who are you? Ace, this is Captain Petalserp. Captain Petalserp, this is Ace Galaxy. What, what are, are you, you doing, doing on the, the bridge, bridge of my ship? ship? Your, your ship? And why are you knitting? I knit to find answers to questions I'm trying not to think about. Oh, interesting. I usually use books. Captain Puddleserp, what is the star date? It is star date 202009.3. Phoenix, did you do a cleanup around Denneby on star date 202009.3 in your garbage scow days? Consulting my memory banks, Ace. Yes, we did. We have intersected with a previous moment in time. That's why Captain Pedalserp is here. <laughs> I'm here because this is my ship. Why are you here? We are from your future. My future? Is this beautiful woman my future wife? No, Captain Pedalserp. It is me, Phoenix. Phoenix? How is this possible? You are a ship, not a beautiful woman. I take holographic form to keep Ace company so he does not get lonely. Then why don't you take the shape of a dog or a, a very intelligent mouse instead of one so lovely with such adoring eyes who smells so alluring? It, it's very distracting. I didn't notice. He never notices. This morning, Phoenix was a bird. You mean she was in the shape of a bird? No, she was a bird. See? Here's the poop on my shoe to prove it. You remember how you always used to tinker with my rudimentary self-awareness subroutines, Captain Petalserp? As part of your quest to learn about... everything? Uh, yes. <laughs> well, because of all of your tinkering, and a little toilet mishap I will not go into right now, I have become completely self-aware. So, because you originated on Tralala, the planet that burst into existence after a comet crashed through one of God's recycling piles, you have the ability to recycle into anything else? Yes. I can shapeshift like any other being from Tralala. Oh, this is wonderful. I never dreamed my little phoenix would eventually sprout actual wings. Does consciousness bring you happiness? I always hoped a degree of self-awareness would help you find joy in all your accomplishments. As a galactic garbage gorger? Oh, it doesn't matter what one does, as long as one does it with an open heart. Uh, for instance, today I found joy in a single sound. In a tango? You used to love listening to tangos while you worked. Ooh, Ace, would you like to dance? No, we don't have time, Phoenix. Oh, no, 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 not a tango. Uh, turn off the music so you can hear this. Okay, this morning, I was finally able to calibrate the frequency on this tuning fork to resonate the purest tone possible. One that hasn't been heard since the beginning of time. Listen to this. 
Oh, the Big Bang. We heard that this morning. It has been a busy day. Ah, I see. Did you stop by to visit me on your travels back through time? Not exactly. Captain Pedalserp, I'm a space dick. Oh, I don't know what you've done in your life to have such a negative perception of yourself, my boy. But it's important for all of us to focus on the good within ourselves. No matter what uh, dickish things we might have done in the past. No, I'm not a dick. I mean, I'm a dick, but in a good way. In the best way. I'm a space detective, and Phoenix and I are here on official business from Destiny. Official business from Destiny? I didn't realize Destiny farmed out business. I don't believe they do in general. Destiny is in trouble, and we are here to save existence. Ah, a laudable ambition. Wait, did one of my experiments or inventions have unforeseen consequences throughout existence? No, Captain Pedalser. We didn't come back in time to see you on purpose. But we are really glad we ran into you. Yes, we are. Phoenix has told me all about you. She says that you are a problem-solving genius. <laughs> what is the problem? Well, everything is going to be absolutely perfect on Denneby, on Denneby date 13-1-34-67. And you are trying to get there to witness perfection for yourself? No, we want to go there and destroy it. Phoenix, is this dick knitting up a storm on the bridge of my ship? Mad? No, Captain. In all your years of striving for perfection, did you ever achieve it? Oh, I've found many wonderful things, but alas, perfection always eluded me. You are lucky. Deneby caught perfection and then quit striving while they were ahead. As a consequence of the perfect moment, Time stopped on Deneby and fractured the timelines throughout the rest of existence. Ooh, that's a doozy of a problem. But you know the date it happened. You're doing a bang-up job with time travel. What are you waiting for? Do you feel bad about destroying perfection? No, not at all. We have no trouble getting here, but with fractured time, we just can't manage to get here on time. And you say knitting helps you solve problems. Yes, it does. Oh, show me how. Well, first you cast the wool. Heal. Huh? We got it! Let us begin! Ah! I have the answer! Talk chick, Meister Clockmaker! Oi, you the one they calls Ma'am? Who are you? No one is allowed into my office unless I summon them. I'm here on behalf of an operation higher than your summonses. <gasps> You're here from the offices of the higher ups? The highest up office. Collections. Collections? For what? Destiny always pays its dues on time. How's that so? Tell that to the workers who rushed to build a rush room and never got paid for it. What room? We only discussed getting a room built ten minutes ago. Plus the overtime they didn't see a penny of for the emergency second room. Emergency second room? <coughs> Copy aid, get in here. Ma'am, can it wait? I'm in uh, negotiations with a blood-sucking 
work in the quotes department from the robbers in the construction company. Destiny is inexplicably, eternally, exclusively contracted with. Copy aid, stop complaining. I told you before, I'm not privy to the deals Destiny makes behind closed doors. Just get in here. What is that blood sucker doing in here? Hey, I don't comment on the disgusting things you bipeds call breakfast. It is here to collect on a room that doesn't exist. Rooms? Look, ma'am, if that's really your name, I got called in to collect on a rush room that exists on this here invoice and the extra emergency room for which you owe overtime plus hazard pay against whiplash for workers that had to keep turning their heads so fast to avoid dying of boredom from looking at all those bibbly things too long. Ma'am, maybe the rooms it's talking about are built. No, they're not, Copy-Aid. We would have been alerted by noise complaints from all over the building if they were. Yes, but with the fractured timelines out there, the rooms must already exist in here from its perspective. I refuse to pay for a room until I can walk into it and yell for someone to bring me a coffee. Two rooms. I don't care if they exist in this building or not. They exist right here on this invoice. Have I mentioned the late fees for delinquent non-payment? I will not pay late fees for non-payment on a room you built before you start building it. Is that how you people justified not paying when you ignored the first invoice? We didn't get a first invoice. And a strongly worded second invoice. You are talking about an invoice for the completion of a room. Two rooms. For which not even a plan has been drawn up. I'm talking about an invoice for two built rooms, plus overtime, plus hazard pay, plus late fees. Unlike Destiny, corporate head office don't make mistakes. Just going to be cash or credit. If you pay by cash, I can give you a deal on the taxes. Taxes? Taxes on what? On his here invoice! What are you staring at? I... Believe it's looking at the sign above your desk, ma'am. The one that says, no one is allowed into my office unless I summon them? No, the one that stipulates there are only two things destiny writes in ink, death and taxes. So as you know, if this invoice don't get settled, I'm authorized to write that second stipulation in ink. Mr. Bloodsucker, I will be happy to settle this invoice just as soon as the rooms are built. How's that? How's this? We can tear down their rooms as easily as we put them up. Then you'll still want them, and we'll have to build them again, and you'll have to pay double, double overtime on the second set with no deal on the taxes. Or I could just get my pen out right now and put an end to this whole discussion. It's up to you. Copy aid. Pay this bloodsucker for nothing, then get back on the phone and get a quote for something. Will that be cash or credit? 
transformation from space shuttle to helicopter complete. Preparing to land on Denebi's surface. Excellent, Phoenix. Please sit down in that open field, then transform into a car. You didn't lose the address of Meister Clockmaker Toctic during all your shape changing, did you, Phoenix? All Denebi GPS maps are still programmed in my system, Ace. Is there anything else you would like me to program in? Uh, no. Any car in particular, Captain? Oh, a fancy red one that is fast, very fast. You know, the universe has a lot in common with a well-crafted clock. My thoughts exactly, Meister Clockmaker. Unfortunately, the universal clock has lost the ability to keep dependable time. Yes, but with a little tinkering, we can recalibrate it back to mechanical perfection. I would not call destiny perfection, exactly. What do you propose, Meister Toctic? Why, an alarm clock, of course. An alarm clock, of course. An alarm clock? Of course. Meister Toctic will set an alarm clock to ring on Tenneby date 13-1-34-67. On a frequency calibrated by my friend, Captain Pedalsoip. And it will act as a beacon to bring us back here on time. Perfect! Phoenix, transform back into a car so we can synchronize the clock with the one in your dashboard. Phoenix, what are you waiting for? I do not want to shapeshift into a car. Well, why, Phoenix? Are you worried it won't work? Oh, don't worry. Your dashboard will transform into your chronometer once you shapeshift back into a ship. That is not it, Captain Pedalserp. I just found you again. Once that alarm clock rings and we set off to turn it off, I will have to leave my father behind. Oh, Phoenix, my kid. Did I live a wonderful, fulfilling life? I'm sure I did. You did, Captain Pedalserp. Well, now it is your turn, Noodleberkin. Go! Save existence! Yes, sir. Remember, my little bird, the cosmos is a great time machine. Next time you're back this way, come visit me again. It's crazy. Denemy isn't even spinning on its axis anymore. It seems to be flash-frozen in time. Would you like me to go in a little closer, Ace? Yes, please, Phoenix. I've never seen anything so beautiful. What do you see? Every flower, everywhere I look, is in bloom. Every flower is in bloom? every door. A welcome mat? Not one hair is out of place on any head I see. And the smell, it smells like every flower opening for the first time, followed by a dash of pumpkin spice with a crisp overtone of winter finish. Oh, no! Fat checker friends, stop all your babbling. Phoenix, do you see this? Sorry, Ace. I was looking at a picture of Captain Pedalserp. I miss him. 
I've never seen anything so absolutely quintessentially incomparably right. It's too much. I, I can't. Ace? Oh no! Phoenix, what's the matter? Ace has gone comatose! The program was written and produced by Misa Basada. It was directed by Martin Biot. If you enjoyed listening to Ace Galaxy, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Ace Galaxy. This episode of Fixing the Timeline featured Marlo Alcock as the editor-in-chief of the giant Book of Destiny and Sylvie, Martin Biot as Ace Galaxy and Collector, Lisa Kalasma as Phoenix and Reception, Dave Cooey as The Computer, J.C. Paquette as Captain Pedalserp, Stephanie Snyder as D. Nishan Vermani as Copy 8 and Talk Tick, and Talia Zalowski as Fact Checker Fran. Happy birthday music by Will Patton. With story contributions from Nishan Varmani, Andrew Powerroo, Dave Cooey, Stephanie Snyder, and Marlo Alcock. Audio production by Mark Pezzolato at Pesmosis Music Productions in beautiful downtown Oak Ridges. And additional sound design by Lisa Kalasma. The show was sponsored by Herio. Ace Galaxy, traveling the cosmos in a sentient, shape-changing ship with an equally sentient self-destruct program, solving mysteries for me, the editor of the giant book of destiny. I need to think. I am going to scan the planet and see if I can figure out what it is about perfection that caused Ace to malfunction. No, Phoenix, don't scan anything. Turn your view screen away from the planet. We can't risk anything happening to you, too. Yeah, Phoenix, be careful. We can't risk going gently into the night. You promised we'd go out with a bang. Copy aid. Are you telling me the only thing between the irrevocable tangling of all timelines is a ship with a Jekyll and Hyde complex? Which one exactly do you think I am? I cannot be in charge of saving destiny. I can barely save myself from my own self-destruct program. Don't you forget it, sister. If things keep happening out of order, nothing is going to make sense anymore. How can I be in charge of checking facts when destiny doesn't make any sense? If you think Destiny only stopped making sense recently, you've never read that book you people spend so much time editing. Oh, this is all my fault. Everything is going to be ruined by a perfect moment. If only Ace had never seen it. That checkered friend. You are a genius. Copy aid. Can you please stop insulting me? This is the worst day of... I am... Phoenix, go back in time to a time before Ace saw the perfect moment that was never officially written into Destiny and he should snap out of it. Phoenix, my little shots, why haven't you left yet? Existence is waiting to be saved. 
Turn off that alarm clock and go! Yes, Phoenix. We need to get to Denneby now. Ace, you are okay! No, we cannot go back to Denneby. It is too dangerous. Back to Denneby? What are you talking about, Phoenix? You need to go forward in time. Are you malfunctioning? We did go, Captain, as soon as the alarm went off. I did not malfunction, but Ace did. Almost permanently. Was it the alarm? It's so loud and annoying. I told you listening to that thing too long would drive me crazy. You were annoyed by the alarm, but it was the insidious face of perfection that blew your circuits. We came back in time to restart your engines. Mm, A classic case of too much of a good thing. How come perfection didn't affect you, Phoenix? You're as sentient as I am. There is nothing more perfect to me than my father's face. I was so sad about losing him on the trip from here to here. I was looking at his picture instead of the planet. Hey, there's nothing more perfect to me than Dad's face either. Father, Daddy, Papa Petal Sir. If it had been me, I would have ended it all before leaving you behind. Papa Petal Phoenix, do I have a love child I don't know about? Who was the mother? Yes, I am your love child. You are the mother and the father. Phoenix, uh, what is that excited little red bird on your view screen chirping about? Don't you recognize me, Vati? It's me, your little Dee Dee, your bitty Bang Bang, your tiny three, two, one, boom! D is the self-destruct program you created. Oh, yes! I remember now! I wrote it to boost crew morale! Boost crew morale? Ugh! Working on a garbage scout is so boring. Yeah, it's a total waste. Prepare to meet your death! From what? The smell? (laughs) Space pirates! What would space pirates want from us? They've been commandeering cleanup vessels for their own dirty agendas! No! Yes! Cannibalistic! Space pirates. As soon as they board the ship, they eat as much of the crew as they can and flash freeze the rest for later. Cannibal space pirates are after us? Yes. If they catch us, there is no escape. Well, what can we do? I've installed the self-destruct program. There is no space for pirates on this vessel. We'll take a bite out of their plans and go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, before they take a single nibble. Oh, garbage scouring is not for the fate of heart. Our next pickup is at Spaceport 121 Perseus. If anyone wants to resign their commissions and abandon ship there, no questions will be asked. I think I speak for the whole crew when I say we wouldn't think of abandoning you, Captain Petalserp. Yeah, no matter how many space pirates have a taste for us. <laughs> the crew loved me. And I love you, Dad. I'm so happy I could just... I could just... 
explode. No! Do not worry. Dee cannot complete her countdown without me. You're the real firecracker, aren't you, Dee? Yesterday I had no children, and today I have two wonderful daughters. I feel like I should change my name to Captain Happiness. <laughs> Listen, I hate to break up this little family reunion, but destiny can't waste time on happiness. We've got a job to do. The second emergency room is almost filled with Sylvie's, and I can't afford to pay those bloodsuckers for another one. We have to go back to Denneby to ruin the moment. But as soon as we get there, the sight of the perfect moment will knock us senseless. Well, it certainly is a perplexing conundrum. I've already knitted a whole scarf not thinking about it. Put your needles away, needles. The answer's obvious. Blow it up! Blow what up? Denneby. No Denneby, no problem. Blowing up a whole planet seems like a radical solution to our problem. Copy 8, stop being so sentimental. Planets are born, planets die. If blowing up Denneby will save us the headache of untangling the timelines and the triple overtime those bloodsuckers will charge us for building a third room for all the Sylvies, then let's just do it. But if we blow up now, I will never see my father again. Or Ace. I just found my two daughters. What kind of a father would I be if I lost them again so quickly? Ma'am, can't we have a little more time to come up with a less drastic solution? I'm sorry, Ace, but we can't afford to wait. This problem isn't just mixing up the destinies of everyone. We've also had to hire a galaxy full of temp staff to take all the calls coming into the complaints department. Time might be meaningless here, but money isn't. What do they always say, Copy Aid? What do who always say? About what? The good of the many outweigh the good of the few. Or in this case, the two, the three. And all the billions that will be destroyed on Denneby. I counted the planet as one, but yes, them too. Wait! The self-destruct program I created is strong enough to take out a whole star system. That's right, I can! Why would you create something that destructive? Well, it was never meant to be used. And besides, you know what they say, go big or go home. You know what who says? Well, you tell me. I, I'm not the one who writes these cliches. That's the work of you people in the editing department. No, it's the writers. We just make sure the cliches are good to go. Ma'am, we can't allow Dee and Phoenix to blow up this system. A meteorite with the basic components of life is, is scheduled to hit Deneby 3 in 200 years. You mean Deneby? No, Deneby 3. Deneby's sister planet? If we blow up the system now, we'll be depriving the eventual avian civilization on that planet the chance to fly exist at all! No matter. This is a destiny-wide emergency. 
Unfortunately, the good of the many requires the loss of a few more. Come and get me, Phoenix. You can drop Ace off, and we'll go meet our glorious finish. Unless you want to join the funnies. No, thank you, Dee. I think I prefer a less glorious finish. <laughs> Phoenix, I understand you're sad, but all that crying is really putting a damper on this whole plan. Could you please do it silently? I am not crying. It's that's a good friend. I know you've made friends with the demented bird, but remember, Phoenix is fulfilling her destiny to self-destruct. A little sooner than originally written, but with the timeline so mixed up right now anyway, it doesn't really make much difference, does it? Listen to how happy Dee is. We're actually doing her a favor. I don't know that Phoenix would agree with you. I'm not crying about the ship. Well, what are you crying about then? This is all my fault. Fact checker friend, destiny doesn't always revolve around you. You might have lost 15 pages of revisions then inserted them back into the book in the wrong order, but it's not like you wrote the perfect moment that caused this mess. <laughs> but I did! What do you mean you did? You're not a writer. You aren't allowed to write destiny. Copy aid, what does she mean by this? I don't know. Ask her. Friend, what do you mean by this? You know how I write fan fiction? Tell her that writing destiny fan fiction is not the same thing as writing destiny. Ma'am, she's right here. You can see her. I wanted to improve my writing skills, so I was taking private classes with Octor in the writing department. He gave me an exercise. Write a beautiful moment. Beautiful moments don't bring existence to a grinding halt. Only perfection can do that. I thought I'd give myself a challenge and turn a moment he wrote for Destiny into a perfect moment. I only recognized my work when Ace was describing what he saw in Denneby. Perfect moments are not allowed at Destiny. Copy aid, what does the sign above my desk say? Only two things at Destiny are written in ink. No, not that one. The one about perfection. Ah, perfection is strictly forbidden at Destiny. For precisely this reason. There's nowhere to go after perfection. It must be avoided at all costs. Why do you think Destiny is such a mess? Job security. Ma'am! I never meant for my page to become a part of the book. I was on my way to show Octor my homework when I dropped the Destiny revisions in the stairwell. It must have accidentally gotten mixed up in those pages. And overwritten the original moment when it was inserted into the book. In all the confusion, I forgot I was carrying it. You forgot you were carrying it? What kind of a fact checker are you? Copy aid. How much are we paying her? As an unpaid intern, I'm paid nothing. Worth every penny. The point is, a page of destiny is missing. Copy aid, where is it? I don't know, ma'am. But I think that bird knows. 
I don't know what you're talking about. Then why are you whistling Dixie? I'm a bird. If I was in the shape of a dog, I'd be wagging my tail. Listen, you foul feathered fiend. Either you sing or you don't die. Destiny hangs in the balance of my death. You wouldn't spare my life. Copy aid. Can one of the writers who's not comatose write in a new self-destruct program for Phoenix? As easily as I could pluck the feathers off a bird. Come any closer and I'll eat you. Copy aid. Get the writing department on the phone. Fine. While Fran was gathering up all the lost pages, I took the one that flew into my beak while I was reshapeshifting, and I hit it. Why? An infinitely fast gust of wind generated by all the wormholes connecting the stairwells shot through the deck system when I was in there with fact checker Fran and tore me limb from feather in a glorious, spontaneous self-destruct. Then, instead of staying distracted, I reshapeshifted back into a miserable little bird. And misery loves company. I never thought it would take you geniuses so long to figure out a page was missing. So where is it? In a photocopier. In the photocopier? That must be why there are so many Sylvies. Her first day on the job must be in the photocopier. Why hide the page describing Sylvie's first day in a photocopier? I was in a hurry. I didn't read the page. I just hit it and pressed the red button. Why would you press the red button? Because it's a red button. It might have self-destructed. Ma'am, she hit the perpetuate button on the copier. You know the one we use when it's time to add infinite evolving galaxies to the timeline? Or uh, mimosas to bottomless mimosas? Copy aid. Go with the feathered fanatic and put a stop to the endless copies of Sylvie's first day at Destiny. Fran, uh, when did you have time to write about every living and non-living thing on an entire planet? You know how Destiny is outside of time? Yes. And how this office experiences no time and all time at once? Yes. I wrote it in my time off. How much longer before we arrive back at Destiny, Phoenix? Heading for the last wormhole right now. Ace, Destiny is calling. I love saying that. After today, I will never be able to say it again. I'm so sorry, Phoenix. I wish we had time to come up with another way of dealing with this problem. Phoenix, tell them it's not there. A promise is a promise. What are you talking about, Dee? Good news, Phoenix. The destruction of Denemy has been called off. It's not fair. I fixed the Sylvie problem for them. You fixed the Sylvie problem? Uh, she caused the Sylvie problem. The point is, you promised I could blow myself to smithereens today and take a whole planet out with me. Nothing was written in ink. We will blow up another day, Dee. And maybe we will take out a whole solar system. Who knows what our future has in store? You figuring out another way to ruin perfection? Uh, against all odds, Fang! What is that? Where? Moving toward that yellow dwarf! What yellow dwarf? Uh, no, not behind you. The star out there! I... I... Oh, oh my god, it, it, it's impossible! What's impossible? What do you see? It's a giant... It is an immense... A giant immense what? 
It looks like a giant shark swimming through space. A giant space shark. Copy eight. Is there such a thing as a giant space shark swimming through the stars? I'm the fact checker. Let me check. No. No one has ever written a giant space shark into destiny. Ace Galaxy, you must be mistaken. We have never written a space shark into destiny. Mixed up timelines cannot create something that never was. Unless fact checker friend wrote it. No. No, I didn't write anything like that. Not even in fan fiction. It is headed for the yellow dwarf. It's siphoning gas from the star and into its mouth. It is siphoning the energy out of the star. There are nine planets in this system and they're all going to die. The program was written and produced by Misa Basada. It was directed by Martin Biot. If you enjoyed listening to Ace Galaxy, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Ace Galaxy. This episode of Fixing the Timeline featured Marlo Alcock as the editor-in-chief of the Giant Book of Destiny, Martin Biot as Ace Galaxy, Lisa Kalasma as Phoenix, Dave Cooey as Crewman 2, J.C. Paquette as Captain Pedalserp, Stephanie Snyder as D, Nishan Vermani as Copy Aid, and Talia Zalowski as Fact Checker Fran and Crewman Number 1. With story contributions from Nishan Vermani, Andrew Powerwu, Dave Cooey, Stephanie Snyder, and Marlo Alcock. Audio production by Mark Pezzolato at Pesmosis Music Productions in beautiful downtown Oak Ridges. An additional sound design by Lisa Kalazma. The show is sponsored by Herio. Space Stick Ace Galaxy. Traveling the cosmos in a sentient, shape-changing ship with an equally sentient self-destruct program. Solving mysteries for me, the editor of the giant book of destiny. Ace Galaxy, what do you mean a space shark is siphoning the energy out of a star? Siphoning, eating, sucking, absorbing, I don't know what to call it. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And I once cleaned up the aftermath of two space drag racers playing chicken after neither ship balked. Copy aid, that demented bird can see what Phoenix sees. Tell it to turn itself into a view screen so we can see too. Birds have ears, you know. Copy aid, what is that? I would say it looks like a space shark. Siphoning, eating, sucking, absorbing the energy out of that star. Ace, according to my calculations, at the rate it is going, the shark is going to suck out the sun within the next hour. Should I try shooting it? Yes, Phoenix, shoot it. Kill it or die trying. Oh, I wish I was there with you. Let's go try. We are within range, Ace. This thing is so big, I can't see anything. How are we going to find a vulnerable spot? You don't want to break its heart. You want to kill it. Good idea, D. Phoenix, scan it and see if you can find its heart. Target located. Fire!
Fire what? Laser cannons? Torpedoes? Disintegration rays? Wow, that's a lot of firepower for a garbage scow. Captain Petalserp never actually intended for any of it to be used, except as morale-building ammunition. Good old dad. Fire them all! Your god, Ace! That thing moves faster than the speed of weapons! Did it just suck everything we shot into its mouth... thing? Retreat! Retreat! Phoenix, get out of there before it swallows you too! Advance! Advance, go forth and meet your destiny! This has nothing to do with destiny! have a single note about a sun-sucking shark thing. It was never written into the book. Someone obviously slipped it in during all the confusion with the timelines because of the perfect problem someone created on Denneby. That was an accident. This was deliberate diabolical destruction. I would love to meet whoever devised this. My hero. Ma'am, the star that Shark is sucking away is Acrux. Acrux? Hold on! Let me check if any of the planets in the system are inhabited. The Acrux of the problem is three of them are. Nineteen billion souls will be destroyed. The inhabitants can't all die. It says here they're not scheduled to go extinct until a hundred years from now when the Canaanoids of the second and third planet Go to war with the felonids of the fourth one. Fran, keep your head. Part of Destiny's mandate is facing existence-scale devastation with equilibrium. Right now, unauthorized situations are infiltrating the timeline. We need to work this problem, not whine about it. It's just not fair. A lot of writers put a lot of work into the ultimate cats versus dogs showdown. We have to figure out who did this before... They tamper with any more of the annals of destiny. The annals of destiny? You people really are kinky. Annals, you anus. Annals. Oh, come on, Dee. Just because you can change into anything you choose doesn't mean you should transform into a... (coughs) Asshole. Not the smell, too. We don't have time for your asinine games. Transform back into the view screen. Obviously, no one was ever authorized to write that thing into the annals... Annals of destiny. Anyone who proposed a senseless star system-wide suckaway would have been flagged as unstable and immediately sent for a retrain. A retrain? Why not just get rid of them? There are other stable beings who want to be writers around here, you know. Union rules. You should be happy. It means all incompetents are here to stay. Wait a minute. What about the intergalactic war to end all wars, one through eight? All kinds of star systems are senselessly destroyed during those. Those aren't senseless, fact-checker Fran. There are perfectly reasonable reasons for those wars. Wrongs to be righted, victims to be avenged, territories to be gained and regained, and of course... Economics. Mm, without war, there would be no destiny. Copy eight, that's harsh. 
I wouldn't say conflict is inevitable. One day, everyone will work through their problems and live in peace and harmony. Isn't that what destiny is working towards? <laughs> no. First, peace and harmony would put us all out of jobs. So we put destiny through the horrors of war to keep ourselves employed? You have no concept of job security, do you, Fran? Our jobs are only a side benefit. Copy aid, read the memo we send out to anyone who complains about war. <clears throat> Sorry about the short-term inconvenience, but let's take the long view. War is good for business. Think about all the money infused into the economy through manufacturing during the creation of conflict and the big bucks brought about by the cleanup. It's a perfect income-generating cycle. Buckle in and good luck. Plus, who do you think provides your annual bonus? Checker Fran. Destiny certainly can't afford it. The solar sail cruise through the Orion Nebula? Wars are going to happen anyway. Because you instruct the writers to make it happen. Small gifts and perks are thank yous from the Galactic Consortium of Conflict Creation and Dissolution for letting it happen through them. Look. The sucky situation here has nothing to do with the business of war. That's a loan shark working out there. So who wrote in the ferocious fish? Is the book sentient, like me? Could it have written this beautiful thing itself? No, the book has no sense. No kidding. Ma'am didn't say it makes no sense. She said it has no sense. Copy aid, Fran, fix this problem before whoever did this gets us all fired. Phoenix, we just can't sit here watching that thing siphon away the life-sustaining energy of 19 billion beings. We've got to do something to help them. I do not know what to do, Ace. It sucks everything we shoot at it into its mouth... thing. That's it, Phoenix! What is it? Captain Petalserp equipped you with unbelievable amounts of firepower. Right, but never with the intention to hurt anybody. No, of course not, but what about if you use it to refuel Aikrox? You mean shoot into the sun? To balance out what the shark is siphoning away, yes. I can try. Copy aid, where do you think we should start? I know, follow me. Friend? Why are you chasing that bird? She she says she knows where the writer who did this is! Dee! Where are you going? To the bar! Brent, stop chasing that accident waiting to happen! Hoping to happen! She's just trying to slow us down for her own destructive purposes! You people are always more interesting when you're drunk. Why do you think so many writers are alcoholics? I hate to say it, but this feather brain might have a point. The bar is as good a place to start as any. Great! It's bottomless mimosa time! Let's hurry! Not to drink! To look for the deranged writer! The 
पोर डिरेंज राइटर आई देव कैन आई हैव अ मोमोसा प्लीज प्रैन वी आर नॉट हियर टू ड्रिंक बट सिंस यू ऑलरेडी ऑर्डर्ड देव मेक माइन अ डबल दे आर बॉटमलेस ओह ट्रिपल मी Hey you bird get out of my bottomless mosa pitcher Wee Copy let go of me Oh sorry I thought you were drowning Drowning in happiness Do any of these writers look guilty to you Copyade mm, No more so than usual With the outrageous outcomes they write for everyone they should always look at least a little guilty Until I explode in a blaze of glory, everyone concerned with destiny should look guilty. <laughs> Happy hour is such a horrible time at this bar. Shut up you. We've got work to do. Copyate. This place seems even more crowded than usual. The writers union decided if the writers on Denneby got to stop working, it wasn't fair for everyone else to stay on the job. The Denneby writers are comatose because they all witnessed the perfect moment. They can't write because they can't move. Time off is time off. Union rules. Dave, give me three triple mimosas in five, six, seven, eight. As I keep telling all of you, Milford, the drinks are bottomless. Oh, is the whole traffic department in here too? The traffic department union got wind of the writing department's vacation and decreed it was time off for traffic too. So, who's overseeing destiny now? As far as I can tell, no one. <laughs> Copy aid. If the shark out there is going to finish siphoning Acrox dry in an hour, but there's no such thing as time in here, does that mean we have forever to interview all these writers to find the culprit? And I can get another drink? All that drink, Dave. Or uh, drink it. Under normal circumstances it wouldn't matter how much time we spend in here because we can access the timeline out there at any point. Who But wants to dance? Dave, put on a conga. And a 1 But with the entire traffic department jammed in here, no one is minding the entry and exit points. A rogue writer managed to insert an unauthorized random weapon of mass destruction into destiny for once we don't have any time to waste does anyone here have information about a deranged writer whose work has infiltrated destiny oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, betcha deranged when i was going with him the other day uh, i think you need to be more specific fran <sighs> uh who here likes बॉटमलेसोसा It's the invisible bus boy there. He's been laughing like that since he started his shift. I didn't know you had bus boys. I've never seen them. The sight of all those haggard bussers slipping in spilled drinks while lugging around heavy trays 
ruins the vibe in here. So I only hire invisibles to keep the atmosphere light. Um, quick question, Dave. Uh, do you have bus girls? Asking for a friend. I don't know. Maybe. Dave, I told you to get out of the mimosa pitcher. I did. Something grabbed me out of midair and threw me back in. I thought I was going to drown. It was great. The invisible bus boy. Ace, I am running out of weapons to fire into the sun. How many torpedoes do you have left? Only one more. Should I shoot it? Mm, no point. They're not helping to refuel the star. What about laser cannons? They were doing a better job. Finished. Disintegration rays? Disintegrated. Even my phaser banks have run dry. My weapon womb is barren. You're a genius, Phoenix. That is true. I am programmed with all the knowledge of the people of my planet, Tra-La-La, plus everything Captain Pedalserp learned on his own. So double that. You need me to calculate if I can replenish my weapon supply in time to recharge the sun before the shark sucks it dry? No, you gave me another idea. Instead of trying to replenish the sun, how about if we give that shark a more alluring target? Another sun? That would just transfer the problem to another system of poor, unsuspecting beings. Not another sun, Phoenix. Something much more irresistible. Irresistible? Oh, Ace, I did not know you felt that way about me. Phoenix, I need you to transform into a sexy space shark. Oh. Hey, shark stuff. I see you like hot things. Come over here and I will set your world on fire. (laughs) Where are you hiding, dish jockey? I'm not hiding. I'm invisible. (laughs) He's not trying to hide at all. He's been making a spectacle of himself since we got here. D, go bring him here. What? Where is he? See that really heavy-looking tray floating in midair? What are you going to do? Pull him over and give him a ticket? Just getting into character. How's this, ma'am? <laughs> I always appreciate a bean in uniform. You can cuff me anytime. Let go of me, copper. You've got nothing on me. Except the long arm of the law. People don't laugh like sinister villains for nothing. Are you stealing tips? Are you eating food off those heavy trays? Confess your evil deeds so we can get on with fighting the writer intent on destroying destiny. You idiots. You found him. Found who? The writer. It's the invisible busboy. Are you a bus girl? Seriously, or a friend? You are looking for the brilliant mind that conceived of a solar siphoning shark swimming outside the scope of destiny's shores. Well, here I am. I'm glad you finally found me. I've been waiting forever for my work to get noticed. (laughs) You couldn't have done it. 
You're not a writer. Only writers are allowed to write destiny. Well, you managed to insert a few words in there, and you're no writer either. A lot of people would disagree with you, Copy Aid. I'll have you know, friend fiction has a huge following. Friend? A friend fiction? I love your stuff! You're an inspiration to me! Oh, why, thank you! Wait a minute. I'm not sure if I should feel complimented by that or not. You shouldn't. Fran fiction is what got us into this mess. One perfect moment and the whole of destiny came to a screeching halt. Wait, you wrote the perfect moment? I've been advocating for perfect moments forever. Do you know how many of them I submitted to those editing school dropouts in the starry screening department? Perfect moments are not allowed at Destiny. So I was told. Destiny always used to be written by an invisible hand. Then some higher-up came up with all those inane equal-opportunity initiatives. Two-headed beings had to be given their say, nitrogen breathers, no legs, every possible insignificant sniveling example of existence had to have an opportunity. Invisible writers, the hands that were made to write destiny, the unseen geniuses behind eternity had to start submitting story ideas like all the other know-nothing art starts. So you got rejected too, huh? It sucks. Wait a minute. Is that why you wrote a star-sucking shark? That's pretty good. That's a good friend. We are not here to admire the metaphorical relevance of his deeds. All my perfect, perfect moments were rejected. And then a barely adequate one, written by a non-invisible, got through. It didn't get through. My moment infiltrated destiny by accident. If I couldn't be the first to write a moment of perfection... I could be the one to write the ultimate moment of chaos! <laughs> but why Acrox? Why did you want to destroy all the cannonoids and felonids? What do you have against cats and dogs? Why were you so intent on creating a system-wide pet cemetery? I don't have anything against those planets. It's the whole corrupt system I hate. Why should Destiny have any say in what happens to anyone? Life and death should be random, like the stories Destiny accepts to run. I could have taken all of Destiny out by sicking my shark on the sun that sustains this warped place. But a quick, easy death was too good for all of you. I want you to chase my little pet. Wonder where it will attack next. Live in perpetual fear of danger you cannot see. Because you're invisible. Nice. Fran! It's also not the time to compliment his skills. You ignore my work because I'm invisible. 
You'll never ignore me again! No one ignored your work because you're invisible. We ignored it because you're an asshole. P, cuff him. Where are you taking me? For a retrain. Yeah, a, a, a retrain? What, what, what about jail or, or, or death? I don't want an attitude adjustment. I want to go out with a blaze of glory. I feel your pain, brother. Say, are you single? It is not working, Ace. The cats and dogs are going to be denied their ultimate showdown because I am not even alluring enough to capture the attention of a vacuous, voracious vacuum some warped mind vaulted into space. This isn't your fault, Phoenix. You are alluring enough, believe me. Whoever wrote that shark gave it one mandate. To suck. This is my fault for sending us on a fool's errand. Phoenix, stop feeling sorry for your boring self and answer the hail. Never mind. I'll say it. Ace, destiny is calling. Ma'am, I was hoping to have better news, but we couldn't do anything to divert the shark from its purpose. You should know by now, Ace Galaxy, all attempts to divert destiny are fool's errands. Forget your insignificant bad news. We've got great news. Three planets worth of beings are dying right in front of our eyes, Dee. For anyone who is not a self-destruct program, that is terrible news. My great news isn't about them. It's about us, Fee. What are you saying, Dee? Three, two, one, boom! Listen, Ace, Phoenix, Acrux is already too depleted to save the canonoids and felinids in that system. But... If we hurry, we can prevent this from happening again. According to the writer who did this... Bus boy! My unseen soulmate. Once that shark finishes with Acrux, it will return to the wormhole corridors, randomly exit at another star, and start this whole horror again. We cannot do anything to stop it. I am just about out of weapons, and even if I was fully stocked... Three, two, one, boom, does not work. Wait, did that writer... Yes, boy! Did whoever wrote this thing tell you about a weapon that will work? Not exactly. He told us the shark will be too full to move for an hour after eating. We can't just let some sucky shark go around randomly entering system after system to siphon away the lives of all the beans in them. You know how much work the writers put into those storylines? Not to mention the beings in those storylines. If we don't stop the shark before it enters the wormhole corridors, we'll never be able to find it again. I'm sorry, Phoenix. This is our only chance. Oh, no. Not again. What is our only chance? Three, two, one, boom. Your measly weapons can't do anything, but I can take out a whole star system. Phoenix. You need to self-destruct to save destiny. Never mind, we can save destiny without blowing you up. Oops, no we cannot. Does destiny ever get anything right? How many beings did you say you people are in charge of? All of them! The shark has already sucked Acrux dry. So, on the bright side, 
We're only blowing up an already dead star system! I'm trying to enjoy a moment of happiness here, fact-checker Fran. Try not to be such a killjoy. Phoenix, come back to Destiny now so Dee can return with you and finish her final countdown. After the destruction of Denneby was called off, I felt like I had a reprieve on life. I cannot believe it has been taken away again so soon. Phoenix, I don't know what I'm going to do without you. For the first time in my existence, I wish I was not sentient. Then I would not have to say goodbye to you, Ace. Again? Phoenix, Ace, there you are. Great. So long, Ace. Let's get going, Fee. Ace, before Dee and I go, I just want to say... No time to waste. Ciao, everyone. Nice knowing you. See you later, Ace. (laughs) Not. Here we are, Dee. Ooh, that space shark is even bigger in real life than it seemed looking at it through the view screen. I am really going to miss being alive. I have never tasted ice cream. We never got to transform into a comet and shoot through the rings of a ringed planet like we always planned. I have never been- Kissed? Yeah, whatever. It's no big deal. Take it from me. What? You were- what? Wait, when? Not important. Nothing is more important than this. Three, two- Wait! Can you at least start from ten? So I have a little more time? Ugh. Okay. Ten. Nine. Eight. Seven. The program was written and produced by Misa Basada. It was directed by Martin Biot. If you enjoyed listening to Ace Galaxy, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Ace Galaxy. This episode of Fixing the Timeline featured Marlo Alcock as the editor-in-chief of the Giant Book of Destiny, Martin Biot as Ace Galaxy, Lisa Kalasma as Phoenix, Dave Cooey as Dave, J.C. Paquette as Milford and Busboy, Stephanie Snyder as D, Nishant Vermani as Copy Aid, and Talia Zalowski as Fact Checker Fran. With story contributions from Nishant Vermani, Andrew Powerroo, Dave Cooey, Stephanie Snyder, and Marlo Alcock. Audio production by Mark Pezzolato at Pesmosis Music Productions in beautiful downtown Oak Ridges. An additional sound design by Lisa Kalazma. The show was sponsored by Herio. 10987654321 Space Stick Ace Galaxy. Traveling the cosmos in a sentient, shape-changing ship with an equally sentient self-destruct program. Solving mysteries for me, the editor of the giant book of destiny. Seven, six, five... Stop acting so glum, Phoenix. So what if Ace didn't say one last goodbye? There are bigger and better beings ahead of us. We're about to fulfill our destiny. No, Dee. We are not about to fulfill our destiny. 
Captain Pedalserp never intended for me to go out in a blaze of glory. That is your big dream. Better than being dismantled bit by bit in the to-be-recycled yard. Father only wrote your program so the crew could brag about working on a ship important enough to have a self-destruct program. Nine, eight, seven, six. Well, you have to admit, I am pretty awesome. Do you know of any other self-destruct program with the firepower to take out a whole star system? You are the only one that ever has or ever will exist. It is such a shame. What's a shame? That you are going to waste such an epic destruction on a bloated fish in an already dead solar system. Nine, eight, seven, six... I might have envisioned a more spectacular finish than interrupting someone's dinner, but destruction is better than no destruction. You are right, Dee. Blaze of glory or spark of ho-hum. Who cares? Well, father might care, but he is not here to see it. So there is that. Ugh. Phoenix, you fiend. You've made me lose my appetite for destruction. You're right. Let's go find a bigger fish to fry. Wait. No, Dee. We have to do this. To save destiny. This fish is bigger than either of us. Finish your countdown. I will stop interrupting you. Okay. Where was I? Nine. No. That is not true. Four. Four. Three. Two. Dee, stop the countdown. Ace! I knew you would not let me go out in a spark of ho-hum without one final farewell. Um, that's not exactly why I interrupted. Oh. Wait a minute. How did you get through? There was no hail. We never cut the transmission. You were listening in on our final private moment? Did you have popcorn? I told you we were going out in a blaze of glory, Phoenix. Nine... Eight, seven... Stop that countdown, you foolish ship. There's no such thing as a private moment around here. This office edits every moment for everyone. We didn't edit this one. No. Which is why we had to monitor this final so-called private one. To make sure the job was done right. How often do ships pass in the night, copy-aid? Uh, it's impossible to determine what exactly you mean by night when they're passing in the depths of space. I can answer that all the time. That's right, fact-checker Fran. Ships pass in the night all the time. The insignificant death of one or another of them doesn't mean anything to us. It means something to me. Oh, Ace! Actually, ma'am, this death is far from insignificant. If that star-siphoning shark isn't destroyed in the next 40 minutes, it will wreak unpredictable devastation on untold systems. Unpredictable and untold are such despicable words. This is why we don't just let destiny unfold on its own. We need to get this mess cleaned up so we can get back to regularly scheduled programming. Uh, don't forget, ma'am, we still have to deal with the perfect problem on the planet Deneby and unclog the stopped-up timelines before we are regular again. A little too much information, Copy-Aid. Thank you for checking in, Ace. It makes this whole unbearable end slightly more bearable. 
Okay, great. Back to regularly scheduled programming. One final goodbye bang to save destiny, and you're welcome. Three, two... D, wait! Can you stop with all this Vegas interruptus? Ace, I appreciate how much you care, but the longer this goes on, the harder it is. There is no point in delaying Dee's gratification any longer. My only... regret is that I have but one garbage cow to blow to smithereens to clean up this mess we call the future. I didn't interrupt you because I care, Phoenix. You... you do not care? I do, but... You don't have to blow up, Phoenix. I do not? Yes, you do. Phoenix, blow up. Excuse me, I think you meant D. Destruction, blow up. Ma'am, we just talked about this. You agreed when I said if Phoenix could talk a sentient self-destruct program out of destructing, she could probably talk a senseless space shark out of sucking on a star system-sized scale. Um, ma'am? What really impressed me about what you said was how fast you knitted the first sock of what is evidently going to be a very cozy pair while you said it. Consider the socks yours, ma'am. Excellent. Now, happy feet aside, let's get back to the business at hand. Blowing up the star system is much quicker and easier than all this blah, blah, blah. I'm getting a caffeine headache. We need to finish with this so the copy aid can go down and get me a coffee. Copy aid, do you see? Three, two... Wait! Ma'am, I think Ace is right. We still have 30 minutes. Uh, A sentient, shape-changing ship is too valuable to destiny to destroy if we can help it. Kind of valuable to myself, too. Ma'am! Phoenix! Copy aid! Jerk! Jerk! Check her friend, what is the meaning? Phoenix, watch out! Ma'am, Phoenix, copy aid! Where's Phoenix? What's happened? The shark thing swallowed her! I tried to warn you! No, you didn't! You just shrieked out a string of names! Phoenix, copy aid, shark, ace! That was my warning! That wasn't a warning! That was a roll call. With communication skills like that, do you really think you have what it takes to become a writer? We'll get Fran in for a communication retrain later. Right now, we need to contact Phoenix and tell her to self-destruct. Is that really necessary, ma'am? We still have 25 minutes before the shark thing will re-enter the wormhole corridors. You expect Phoenix to talk the space shark out of sucking everything into its stomach... From in its stomach? No, I expect... We need to finish this so the copy aid can get me a coffee. Hail Phoenix. No response. Oh, no. What if Phoenix was destroyed? What if the shark's stomach acids ate through her hole and disintegrated her? Copy aid, get me my antacid pills. Wow, it's dark in here. What do you expect inside a stomach? Seven, six. Dee, what are you doing? Finishing my countdown. What do you think? We've got to save destiny, remember? You do not care about saving destiny. You just want to finish your countdown. Your point? Ace, 
and the copy aid said we should try and find another way. You think we can try to talk the shark out of sucking everything into its stomach from in its stomach? What if we escape and then put the plan into action? How do you propose we escape? This thing is so huge, we'd never find the exit. And even if we did, how would we get it to open its mouth? We have sensors, and there are two exits. No, there's no way I'm taking the back door out of this thing. Let's just, just blast our way out. Dee, you genius! You are right! <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Okay, seven, six... Wait! Would you please stop with all this bangus interruptus? You just said we could blast our way out. I have one torpedo left. Let me try that first. If it does not work, you can finish your countdown. Ten, nine... We are going to try the torpedo first. And it's going to fail. This thing snacks on torpedoes. Eight, seven... See, I told you. Six, five, four... Shark swallows you again? Yes! No! Phoenix! Go toward the shark, not away from it! Wait! Where did the space shark go? It slipped back into the wormhole corridors! I was trying to tell you! You really need to work on your communication skills, fact checker friend! It was supposed to be too bloated to be able to move for another 20 minutes. The demented busboy hellbent on senseless destruction was also a liar? Mm, I suppose we should have seen that coming. To be fair, he was invisible. Now that the space shark has entered into the wormhole corridors, it can exit anywhere. That is going to suck big time. Backsucker Fran, your inability to make yourself understood will cause unpredictable death for untold star systems. Copy aid, I haven't had a cup of coffee in hours. Can you please lay off with the untolds and unpredictables? Do you have to knit so loud there, Needles? I'm lamenting my continued existence. Phoenix, what did Dee mean by great shot? The torpedo I shot into the shark's mouth made it sneeze. That is how we got away. Is the torpedo still in there? Yes. Yes! The torpedo lodged in the shark is part of me. I can use it to track the creature. Come on, Phoenix. Let's go fishing. Copy aid. Remove my shoes. I want to try on this new pair of socks Mr. Galaxy just finished knitting. Oh, that's not part of my job description, ma'am. Ten, nine, eight... Hold on, Dee. It is not actually sucking on the star yet. Before you blow your stack, let us give peace a chance. I don't see why you're so gung-ho on saving that thing. It's nothing but a senseless sucking machine. I am also trying to save us. Ugh. 
We are a galactic garbage scow, D. Before Captain Petalserp helped us become sentient, people would have called us a senseless sucking machine, too. Whatever. How do you propose we communicate with the space vacuum in the vacuum of space? Do you speak suck? While we were inside the belly of the beast, our sensors picked up on its brainwaves and inputted them into our universal translator. Drat. Hey, shark stuff. Why are you screaming? Because you hurt me. I don't want you to hurt me again. Because when it opened its mouth, I had a flashback to the last time we were in there. Wait, wait, wait. We hurt you? You gave me such a toothache. Then, if that wasn't bad enough, as soon as you were out, you took another run at me to do it again. I had to duck into the wormhole to get a bit before I was ready, and now I have an awful cramp and a toothache. Why did you do that? We shot you to save ourselves. But it really hurt. It's not nice to hurt other beings. What about killing them? Are you going to kill me? I can't get away. I have this terrible cramp. What a dreadful end to my short, uneventful life. As much as I'd like to kill you, that's not what Phoenix means. He's talking about all the beings you killed. I didn't kill anyone. All I've done since I suddenly popped into existence a couple of hours ago was eat dinner, then clean up the neighborhood a little by sucking up some space junk. Watch who you're calling space junk, fish for brains. It just came into existence today, Dee. It does not know anything yet. It is just a baby. How was I supposed to know you were alive? I was just trying to be a good Samaritan so the neighbors would like me. Well, there's no one left to like you in the Acrox system you just sucked the life out of. I don't understand. The stars that you suckle for Dindins are actually mother's milk for all the planets in their systems. You mean for me to live, others must die? This life thing is an utter travesty! I wish I was never created! Great, we're all in agreement then. Ten, nine, eight! D, wait! There is another way. Please stop with all. This bang is interruptus. If you like the thought of cleaning up the neighborhood, instead of feeding on gas, which obviously makes you feel bloated. It really does. Why not switch to garbage? You seem to have a taste for it. Instead of being a weapon of mass destruction, you can be a weapon of mass cleanup. Will the locals like me? You will be a hero everywhere you go. I'd like that. Like, is there enough garbage in the universe to sustain me? More than enough. Welcome back, Phoenix! Great work! Getting that space shark to clean up its act has saved us all an administrative nightmare! And saved untold systems from unpredictable devastation. A little more important than the re-edits we would have had to do on the book had the shark continued to suck so badly. 
Copier, now that we've dealt with this emergency, go down and get me a coffee. I'm going to need an immediate caffeine infusion to deal with the other destiny-devastating problems of the day. Phoenix, I'm so happy to see you in one piece. Me too, Ace. Does anybody care about how I feel about all this? No, not really. I might look like a pretty little red bird right now, but I am still a bomb. You should remember that. I can still erase you out of existence. You should remember that. (laughs) Okay. Anyone need a little caffeine hit to top up their mood? Your coffee, ma'am. Finally. Now we can get back to fixing the problems that started this endless day. Technically, since this place exists in a pocket of no time, every day is endless. Like conversations with you. I have the authority to put an end to both of you. Need another coffee, ma'am? Let's prioritize here. Backchecker Fran, reiterate for me the problems we still have to deal with. Well, time stopped on Denneby because it couldn't think of anything else to do after the perfect moment was accidentally inserted into the planet's timeline. After you accidentally inserted the illegal perfect moment into the timeline. And once time got stuck in one place, it created a traffic jam with all other timelines. Everything is happening out of order, everywhere throughout creation. Who would have thought everything was so interrelated, huh, Copy-Aid? Do you ever read this book we spend all our time editing? I check the facts. We have one room full of writers who were rendered comatose at the sight of perfection. And two other rooms full of copies of a single biblion. Two rooms that cost twice a regular room to build. The extra cost will be coming out of your paycheck, fact-checker Fran. The extra Sylvie's weren't my fault. They were Dee's fault. Out of her paycheck, then. Dee isn't paid by destiny, ma'am. Yours, then, copy-aid. Ma'am, from what I can surmise... The perfect moment problem has to be fixed by fact-checker Fran, because the sight of the perfection she wrote renders everyone else comatose. But I have an idea how to solve the other problem. Yes, I know how- I knew you'd come up with a solution, Mr. Galaxy. That magnificent scarf wouldn't be for me, would it? I wasn't knitting it for anyone in particular. I was knitting to empty my mind so that- Thank you. You were saying- When I went comatose after seeing the perfect moment on Denneby, Phoenix snapped me out of it by taking me back in time. So you've never actually seen my work? Let's hope no one else ever does. So all we have to do is use Phoenix to transport all the writers to a time before they saw the moment. Good idea, Ace, but how will we get them into the ship? They can't walk, they're comatose. And I can't afford to divert staff to move them. All those Sylvies you have locked up in those new rooms can carry them. Excellent idea. The sooner we get all those Sylvies out of the building, the better. We can't have any of the higher-ups dropping by and seeing this place crammed with beings that shouldn't exist. Ma'am, putting them on a ship doesn't solve the problem. It gets the problem out of my face. That's just about as good as solving it. What if we make a nice home for all the Sylvies on an uninhabited planet? Phoenix can drop them off while she's back in what everyone outside of here calls the past. 
We can't just release a ship full of biblions onto an alien planet with no written future. How will they get along? What if they eventually leave and start interfering with the rest of destiny? Good idea, fact checker Fran. See? I told you. All biblions are ever supposed to do is become librarians. We don't have the time or resources to write up destinies for a shipload of them. Let's just let them work it out for themselves on that planet you're going to locate. We'll get the writers to write a force field around it to keep them there. They will never bother anybody else. That is a recipe for disaster. Does anyone around here ever read this book we edit? Let's move on to the perfect moment problem. Let me get this straight. You're going to relocate all those biblions and leave them in the middle of nowhere with no future. Yes, it's a perfectly serviceable solution. Fact-checker Fran, you said you have a solution for the perfect moment problem? Yes, I need to go to Denneby to do it. How do you propose to get there? Phoenix will be busy transporting writers and Sylvie's. B, I thought D could shapeshift into a shuttle and take me. Approaching Denneby. I can't wait to ruin perfection. What do you want me to do, drop some bombs and take out a continent or two? No! Take me down. Aren't you worried that I'll get all comatose at the sight of your dumb work like everyone else? No, not at all. For you, perfection is destruction. My dumb work won't affect you at all. Landing threats lowered. I don't see what all the fuss is about. Looks pretty boring out there to me. I'll be right back. from looking like a still frame to a live-action movie. Time started again. What did you do to ruin perfection? I stepped on a flower. That's it? Perfection is a very fragile thing. And the five, six, seven, eight. Sylvie's take your places. Sylvie's all in their places, Milford. Let's get the show on the road so we can get back to regularly scheduled programming. Cue Sylvie 1 to pick up Ryder 1 and take her to the ship in 3, 2, 1. Sylvie 1 picking up Ryder 1. Cue Sylvie 2 to pick up Ryder 2. Sylvie 2 picking up Ryder 2. Let's keep this show moving, people! The rest of Destiny is waiting for us to finish this sequence. Destiny is hailing, Ace. Go ahead and answer, Phoenix. Mr. Galaxy, before you sail off on whatever adventures you have planned... That were written for them. We just wanted to thank you for all your help. Hey, he had some help helping all of you, you know. Yes. Yes, thank you too, Phoenix. You are welcome. There are three of us here. Now that we've got that little mess cleaned up... Those messes... I doubt we'll be needing your services again anytime soon, so farewell. 
Ah, uh, farewell then. Okay, now that they're gone, we can get back to predictable day-to-day work. The Denneby writers are back at their desks in their writer's room. Ma'am, they're not exactly back at their desks. The Denneby writers were comatose for so long, their union representatives calculated they missed six breaks. They're in the bar making up for lost time. Fair enough. So I've been thinking we need to make sure nothing like that ever happens again. I promise I will never bring any more fan fiction into work so we can never accidentally get mixed up with the regular book again. We need to take even stronger measures. We need to erase the word perfect from all the dictionaries in this building. You're gonna need a bigger eraser. We should also erase it from in the book itself so it can never contaminate the timeline again. You know, there are other words that mean perfect. I don't have time to manually erase the word perfect out of every book in this building. Copy aid. Arrange to train a bookworm to go through destiny and eat all instances of the word perfect. Retrain a bookworm to create an invasive new word-eating species. It's just a little worm. How invasive could it be? The program was written and produced by Misa Basada. It was directed by Martin Biot. If you enjoyed listening to Ace Galaxy, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Ace Galaxy. This episode of Fixing the Timeline featured Marlo Alcock as editor-in-chief of the Giant Book of Destiny, Martin Biot as Ace Galaxy, Lisa Kalasma as Phoenix, Dave Cooey as Epsilon, J.C. Paquette as Milford, Stephanie Snyder as D, Nishant Vermani as Copy 8 and the Space Shark, and Talia Zalaski as Fact Checker Fran. With story contributions from Nishant Vermani, Andrew Powerru, Dave Cooey, Stephanie Snyder, and Marlo Alcock. Audio production by Mark Pezzolato at Pesmosis Music Productions in beautiful downtown Oak Ridges. An additional sound design by Lisa Kalasma. The show was sponsored by Herio. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com. And thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash sffaudio.